Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 335. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? Ah, uh, tired but good, buddy. Tired but good. In Australia, it's been Black Friday sales all week. Am I correct in saying this week? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, finishes tomorrow, so it's still technically going. Oh, okay. Although, although I think tomorrow technically counts as, as Cyber Monday, but... Uh, right. Yeah, they keep it rolling, don't they? Black Friday. They keep it rolling, don't they, here? Like, it's like, you know, it's a sort of... And in to Cyber Monday, how does that affect you when you're working in the store? I guess you've got to pack all the online orders. It's just a name, Dave. Is it really? Oh, okay. In Australia, it's just a name. Oh, I see. Okay. Just means it just means a sale. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, it's good for people who want to grab those bargains. Um, Now, basically, the first question that's been asked here is obviously Australia won the World Cup in cricket. Uh, There was a question asked by one of our listeners, did I make secret deals with the Dark Elder Gods? Well, I mean, (laughs) a lot of deals have gone down in my lifetime, Rich. Uh, A lot of crossroads, and sometimes I'm the devil, and sometimes the devil meets me. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Um, There's a lot of deals that go into something like this, but at the end of the day, a very, very underrated, great Australian team triumphed in tough conditions against an Indian team that had everything rigged in their favour, we beat them, and the Indians, which have been hilarious, they've been crying for a week. Crying. Commentators, players, telling us we didn't have the best team. Well, we won, Rich. You know, at the end of the day, it's he who holds the trophy. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Like, I, I just think, like, to the South Africans' credit, they, they tested us in the semi. You know, that was, a, that was a testing semi. We got across the line. I didn't hear the South Africans crying. You know what I mean? And like saying, oh, you know, we were the better team. We were so used to choking that it's just uh, <laughs> second nature. It's like breathing. Yeah, well, it was a strange. Well, it was a tough There's final. No There's no point complaining about breathing. But what was hilarious was the Indians were carrying on because they hadn't dropped a match. We'd won eight in a row as well. You know, so we were on a pretty hot streak ourselves. They seem to forget that. Like, it, it all comes down to a final and, and the better team that plays best of the day, you know, wins a final. That's generally what happens. Um... And they'll beat him pretty soundly too, as well, can I add. So they've got mm-hmm. nothing to fucking cry about. They can take their lumps. I hope this sets them back 10, 15 years. They thought they had that World Cup in the bag. They had rigged pitches, plenty of money, you know, being thrown around. And at the end of the day, they came out second best, and no one remembers second in a World Cup. Um, yeah, and we've got six World Cups to show for it, and they've got, I think, two. And um, they're lucky to have two as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? They're very fucking lucky to have two. I said to Ray, uh, after this buried the ghosts of 96 for me, when uh, we lost to Sri Lanka in a final, which was a bit of loss, and I felt this buried it for me. I felt we finally got one back. And, um, yeah, it was just great. And I want to say thank you to the listeners who listen to World Cup Diary. Rich, we never got you on, man. We wanted to get you on to pump the South African cause, although you did, you did commentate with me, so... You did, you did you did a bit of World Cup diary on a normal show, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. So absolute waste of time. Oh dear, Richard's uh, yeah, definitely crestfallen. I think would be the word best word to describe him. You disengage, man. But um, 
you know, I mean, it's just a double whammy, isn't it? I mean, South Africa chokes as per normal, so you're used to that. And fucking Australia wins a fucking other one, which they won't fucking shut up about now. So it's like it's a double whammy, man. Like, but surely like you were going bad, for India. Bad right? news, the bad news. Were you going? Were you going for India, really? Like, yeah, damn, both of us. I told you, Dave. I support two teams. Yeah. South Africa, whoever plays against Australia. That's, that's the two that's, teams. That's awful, man. Can I just say that is awful. Like, you guys just you you guys you guys need a fucking culling of uh, <laughs> attitude, man. You no. guys you guys need to be knocked down into the mud and the dirt. Well, it hasn't happened, and, man. We've, and, we've, I know, we, yeah. and that's what makes it so frustrating <laughs> and annoying that when you think it's going to happen, then as you say, the fucking pack with the dark gods and fucking shenanigans just comes out and you fucking win it somehow. You know what I mean? It's fucking. Ridiculous, we've got the man. test championship and the world, the one day World Cup championship. I mean, where where we're sitting very pretty and. You know, and I think, um, in all fairness, I, I know you hate Warner, but I think Pat Cummins has been a pretty good ambassador for the game over there. Like, you know, like, honestly, I think he's been a pretty good... I, I, I don't care too much yeah. about role models and stuff, but for those who do, I think he's a good role model, you know? Oh, but Jesus Christ, Dave, I don't care about fucking role models. I just care about whether <laughs> someone's a decent person or a fucking idiot. Well, he seems like a decent guy, you know? Oh, Pat, Pat wow, you got one out of fucking 11. Good on you, guys. Wow, what a fucking... Wow, what one about guy. The- what about the bison, Mitch Marsh? What about the bison? I love the bison. Uh, Marsh is another asshole, man. <laughs> you're That's just some more assholes, man. You're just your heads and your whatnot. Like Travis you're, head, you're, I'm sorry, your, your team is like literally 85% fucking assholes. That's, no. that's always well, been Well, I disagree with that assessment, but we'll move on. But Australia, very worthy winners. And, and I mean, we've been celebrating all week. I was so high on this fucking supply, like... Nothing could knock me down this week, man. I have been in my best mood, like, frankly. It's probably been quite sickening to watch for those around me. Um, I, I, I waltzed into work, and I was just giving plenty to the other guys who back losing teams. And, you know, we were just gathered around just celebrating, just drinking deep from the World Cup, Rich. Um, you know, one day you guys will get a chance. Um, hey, dude, uh, you know what? Good on you, man. It's always it's always good to live vicariously through someone else's achievements and skills. Well, well, hey, look, we support the team through thick and thin, man, through ups and downs, dude. That's always been the way it's been for the Aussie cricket team. We support them and we back them. In many a tight situation, you know, sometimes we've come unstuck, but mostly not. We've got six World Cups. Mind you, I, I will say, just wrapping up, I did feel, I know you were critical of South Africans, I felt outside of their batting early in that semi, I thought you guys contested well. I think you've got some really good players there, like a nucleus of a good team. You know, like, there's plenty of talent in that team, is what I'm trying to say, the South African team. South Africa's always had talent, though. That's not the issue. No, I know, but I think you went through a patch where, you you know, when your AB de Villiers and those kind of guys left, it always leaves a hole when superstars leave. But I, I think, you know... Um, I would probably change the captain. I think he doesn't seem of international quality from what I've seen. And I've seen him a bit, actually, not just in this tournament. Um, but some tweaks, and, and I think you could challenge. You know, you've definitely got some decent bowlers. Um, that Dutch guy, good player. I mean, you've got some good players there. It's tough in a world You should just change the name on the back of your shirt to Dutch guy. That'll help you. Va- Van der something or other. Percy or something, isn't it? He's a good Van player. Van der Dusen, man. Van der Dusen. Good player. I literally said the name Van der Dusen every fucking week. Yeah. With this is World Cup. And to you, it's still the Dutch guy. Yeah. But does it matter, really? Because at the end of the day, I'm giving him credit. I think he's a good player. Well, yeah, but if, if, if he deserves the credit and you think he's so good, you could do the courtesy of remembering his name. Sure, Rich. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm handing a compliment. I think him... 
Markham. Obviously, David Miller played well. Um, I don't know if David Miller's got another World Cup in him, but a lot of things have to go right to win a World Cup, especially such a long campaign. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it is a... And you guys, I think, are a bit spooked in the knockouts. I, I do think there's a little bit of... Um, and against the Aussies, playing tentative never works. Like, Indians played tentative as well. I don't know why they played tentative, because it's the exact wrong way to play us, you know? Um, and it just felt like the South Africans did the same thing. You, well, you guys went into your shell, remember? You were like three for eight or something, weren't you? And it was like the panic signals were, were going strong. Um, I, yeah, something like that. I actually thought, if, if not for David Miller's effort, I thought we'd get you guys out for about 150. But in the end, you got about 212, I think. So, anyway, moving on. Now, I do want to um, mention Roland Acosta, a friend of the show, has a new comic out, um, which is available, which I think I've put on the show, on the Signal Doom Facebook feed. If I haven't, I will do it again. Well, I'm going to do it again tonight anyway. Um, it's called Premonition. Um, and, yeah, I believe it's available now um, to on, um, I think it's on Kindle Unlimited. I think I'm right in saying that. Um, I, I will work that out. But Premonition, it's called. And, and it might be Comixology Unlimited, I think. But um, he told me about it. Um, fantastic artist, Rich. Would you agree? I, I think he's got super talent. Oh, yeah, hell is. Yeah. Hell so Roland, Lacoste, Very talented. Roland Lacoste, he's got several projects that will be coming out soon. But Premonition is one that's just gone live. I will make sure those links that he sent me are on the um, Facebook Signal of Doom page. Check it out, and I'll put it in the show notes as well. Um, yesterday, Rich, I spent some time with Dion. You know, he was actually well-behaved, I have to admit. Uh, we played Warhammer 40K Kill Team. I said to him, do something with your life and set up a Warhammer game so I can play it against you. We a skirmish, dude. It was fun, man. It's, it's like they're like little battles. Um, not big armies, it's like little battles. It was a lot of fun. It was over in about an hour, like it's a quicker game. Um, I could see the appeal, you know. Um, although I did say to him, there's so many fucking rules, this would be a lot easier on a computer screen, you know? <laughs> like with a computer, like ha- calculating some of this shit, like honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm taking out rulers and, you know, like I, I'm like, really? We're, we're down to rulers again? I thought I'd forgotten rulers when I left high school, man. You know, I haven't touched a ruler in a long time. Suddenly, the rulers are getting pulled out, like angles. Like, it's it, it's interesting, though. It was fun to fun to play. Um, yeah, and obviously the Space Marines. Um, Dean with the Filthy Orcs. But um, have you ever played it, Rich, this 40K stuff, like the tabletop? No, no, no. I've never played the uh, no. non-digital versions. Did you, in South Africa, have the Games Workshops? Um, I think there may have been. I was far too poor to uh, yeah, participate yeah. in that. Oh, me too. Me too. No, I, I remember in ta- like this is seriously kids eighties. I remember there being like games workshops in our shitty mall that was near us. So they really, I mean, they've been around, man. They they have survived. Where me- I said this to Dion, they've survived where many another company in that space has fallen decades ago. You know, somehow they've managed to cling to life with a pretty aggressive business model. The fact that they had, you know, game workshop things in Tasmania, which is a pretty far-flung, low-density population. Um, yeah, the and I think now they're really prospering. Um, I think I think Warhammer 40K is really doing well, so it's interesting. Um, now, signal abductions, Rich, did you get anything in the last week during all your Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that shit? I bought a few... Um 
Steam Works. games, like games on Steam that hey, are like uh, tell us. super cheap and all what have you stuff. got? What have you got, Rich? Uh, I got Pathfinder, oh. uh, which is the you know the right now the better Dungeons and Dragons. I know it, yeah. No, I know it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so they've got a couple of uh, computer games, very sort of Baldur's Gate. Okay. And what are they? Have you um, tried them out? Have you have you had a go? Yeah, no, no. I, I tried it for about five minutes, but I haven't. Had, I, I need that. That's a game that I need time to, like, sit down and sink. And I mean, at the moment, I'm still playing fucking Divinity Original Sin Two. Oh yeah, um, that's a good game. Like, I, I haven't even finished that yet. So, that's a good um, game, man. Divi- that that's, that's a good game. I've played a bit of that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just playing some of these games up because um, uh, Alicia pre-ordered me the Baldur's Gate Collector's Edition. Cool. Uh, for Christmas, so that's not going to come till. Is that Baldur's Gate Three? So. Yeah. Awesome. I just bought that. I haven't played it yet, yeah. but I bought it. So uh, until right. that comes, I'm just going to play some other similar. And what comes in the collector's edition? Is it like got a figure or something, or uh, like a, uh, a a book, a map? Really? Um, all that sort of stuff. So. Gee, Alicia's really laying out the funds for you. It's good to see, man. Like if you know, your girlfriend's really doing good by you there. What are, you know? You you're going to have to reciprocate with something. You know, decent. Uh, don't worry, don't worry. My uh, 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 my gifts always, always outdo her. So you um, are a good gift giver. I will say that about Richard. He is, uh, you know, she kids. tries really hard, but I just, I've got the, I've got the leg up every time. Sure, but that's a good <laughs> gift, though. Like Baldur's Gate, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, complete edition, all this stuff. Like that's great. It. So yeah, so yeah, so Pathfinder. What era are we talking, Rich? Is it like early two thousands? Is it more recent or what? No, I think these games came out like 2015 or okay. 16 or something like that, I think. And they're a bit Baldur's gate are they? Uh, yeah, you know, like uh, it's well similar to like Divinity, similar to Baldur's Gate, similar sure. to Pillars of you know Eternity, all that sort of stuff. I it's wouldn't mind CRPG. checking that out. I wouldn't mind checking uh, that out. It's got a narrator, very much like Divinity. Cool. Yeah, it's it's basically like playing a digital board game and, you know, it's got the checks cool. and the rolls and all that sort of stuff. That's cool, Rich. You're really going up in the world now, aren't you, man? Like, it feels like you're really embracing life. You know, you're living your life, man. You're living your life. I actually got into it was because we read the Dungeons and Dragons this week. I was yeah. like, man, I really, I should give that Pathfinder a go because I really don't care about Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Sure. Like, I care about the old stuff, but like, there is sure. nothing, there's yeah. nothing new. And I thought, you know, and then I thought I'd give it a try and all that. So I was like, you know what, fuck it. That's, uh, and in fact, that's actually going to be my my trade for next week, mm. I'm actually going to find a Pathfinder because they do Pathfinder comics as well. Dynamite. Yes. yes, they do. So I thought, you know what, let's find, let's just pick one and, and review that. I mean, you're just hitting this early in the show. You're just hitting fucking winners from all around the court, Rich. You're just loading up like your fucking Jim Courier in the 91 Australian open. You just like bang, 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 bang from everywhere. You know, power. That's it. Just, just on form. And can I say, is that all your abductions, Rich? Or have you got more? Sorry. Um, no, that's it. That's it. That's uh, it. Just mainly some, some, yeah, some Steam games. Well, I want to say a thank you to Richard. Uh, it was, I was, it was like maybe a Wednesday or a Thursday. Dave was just sitting there as usual, like IG eighty eight, waiting for a kill mission. You know, just sitting there solo in the dark. You know, gun holding the gun. You know what I mean? Just waiting for the kill. A message flicked over from Rich. Um, something about uh, check out um, classic Dungeons and Dragons on Steam. I was like, okay, checked it out. Oh, my fucking God. 
all the games I played back in the 80s and very early 90s, you had Pull of Radiances, Curse of Zill Bonds, uh, Secret of Silver Blades, Pulls of Darkness, all the Dragonlance games. I was just like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, and it was like 50 bucks for the whole thing, including some shit I'll never play, but it was like, you know what, like for 50 bucks, what I'm getting has got more than enough stuff that I will play. Like, for example, with... um. With because Paul Radiance, Curse of the Azor Bonds and Secret of Silver Blades were so seminal to me, I actually still remember them and like even story beats and stuff. So I'm going to just pick up and play Pools of Darkness because it was the one that I never it sort of it came out after the craze was kind of over for that and I never played it. Whereas I'm like, mm. I'll play that, I'll, I'll play that through. That's like the high level adventure yeah. to finish it all off. Well, this, well, yeah, that, that collection that I told you about, that normally I think goes for like, I think 180 bucks or something like that. Wow. That, it's just basically literally every single old uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, computer yeah. game that they, that they made in like the 80s and all that sort of stuff. So it's fantastic. Uh, it's, and, and it's, and it's a, a variety of like assortments and all that, you know what I mean? Some of them are text-based, some of them are uh, map-based, some of them are like... Um, early dungeon yeah, dungeon crawls basically and stuff yeah. and all that they got cutscenes they got something they got voice acting they've got eye for so the holder like, as well um i was like that's the perfect thing for you oh, i was loving it rich and i mean yeah i was just like a dog with a bone when i got it man i was just so fucking happy i was like rich you know you I, I i actually flipped on rich because i said we had a lunch for um, a couple lunch for the for the World Cup, and obviously I won it. And poor old Richie's bleeding already with this WA trip and God knows what else. And, and I was so happy with you that I said, you know what, I'm going to pick up lunch. There you go, Rich. You know, just goes to show I'm not one of these people, you know, when they always say, oh, people do good things for others. I'm not one of those people. I never do good things for any, hardly anybody other than myself and Michelle, occasionally Rich. But Rich, you know, here's showing once again, just a little comment to me. I had no idea this was happening. Boom, went in, got it, and it put me in such a good mood that I actually flipped a bet, Richard. Can you ever remember me doing that? I don't think I've ever done that in my life. You know, I've called in every marker ever, and I said, you know what, I'm going to flip this one. <laughs> much, yeah. I've, I said, I'm going to fucking flip this one. Fuck it. Like, Richard's Rich proven his mark. So that was good. So um, I got that, and then I also got, oh, yeah, so I, I think I mentioned on the show that I got Legend of Drixt, the D&D dictionary. Well, the Lauren legends D book which is the it's basically all the artwork for fifth edition which has got some fantastic artwork and it picks up where Arden Arcana leaves off so it's got the same people who did that in legend and drixt michael nesmith i think it might be maybe i'm getting that wrong but michael somebody um yeah and so i've i've um yeah i've ordered that that's coming in this week but um yeah i've got the legend of drixt and i tell you what it's a nice book man i was just i was just sitting there just before i just mm. had it and i was just like yeah so D&D has been the flavour of the month. And, and I, I mean, I love the artwork, Rich. I, I mean, I couldn't give two shits about 5E's um, identity politics in the last couple of years, but the artwork, which is what this book focuses on, um, is w where it's at for mm. me. You know, the, the sheer level of it, it's fantastic. So, um, and the final thing for me was I picked up the latest John Pertwee uh, Blu-ray set. I got it on sale, actually. It's um, season eight. It's Terror of the Autons, Mind of Evil, Claws of Axos, that's a good, that's a good one. Colony in Space, that's a good one. And The Demons, that's uh, a classic. That The Demons was actually banned in the UK for a long time because it had satanic, well, they said it had satanic overtones. I mean, I guess it does, but very, very vague ones. Um, it was quite controversial, but that's a really strong season. Um, so I picked that up. 
So my Blu-rays are up to date for John Pertwee and um, Tom Baker. I've So far, I've got every single mm-hmm. one they've put out. I've almost got, I think, the entire John Pertwee run. I think there's only one season, maybe, that hasn't been collected. Um, I've actually got nearly all of them that, uh, from the first four Doctors that they've put out. I'm not sure if they put any out from the second Doctor, but for the first Doctor I have, I, I got one, and... Um, jo- Tom Baker's had at least four seasons out, three or four seasons out, and same with John Pertwee. So, yeah, no, it's excellent, man, and um, I'm super excited. Now, isn't um, um, isn't uh, Drizzt like featuring in a game or something? Is he in like Fortnite or something? Who? Dr- uh, Drizzt. Drixt. Yeah, maybe. Um, Drixt. I'm sure he's featuring in a game, which is which is funny because I remember seeing that, and then you were like, "I'm getting this." I'm like, "Jesus, he's in the." He's in the, the zeitgeist at the moment again. Like, he's just popping up, so... Well, I don't know, man. What is he in? Is he in Baldur's Gate 3, maybe? I don't know. Let's have a look. I mean, I don't know what, he, what he's in. I think he often pops into things. Yeah, here we go. Uh, oh, no, that's someone else. Uh, I don't know about Fortnite. It might not be Fortnite. Um, but anyway, so he, he is around, though. He's getting discussed and stuff. And by the way, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the show. Jeff Grubb is going to come on. Um, the... He was the traffic cop of the Forgotten Realms, and he was also a really gifted writer. He wrote with his wife, and they did several books, including Curse of the Azul Bonds, which they then later developed into a game, um, amongst many other things. And so he's going to be coming on. We're just locking a time down for either mid-December or early Jan. Um, but, um, yeah, a really a really brilliant um, designer, game designer and a storyteller, um, so yeah, if you have any questions for, for Jeff, uh, D&D related, um, he's also worked on projects like, um, I think, uh, he's done novels for, I think, Warcraft and stuff like that. Like he's done various things, a game designer at, um, Amazon now, um, and was it with TSR for a long time from, I think about 83 to 94, 82 to 94, something like that. So he had a long run there and he, as I said, he had a, a lead design role in the Forgotten Realms. So, yeah, he's going to come on, and I think it's going to be a fantastic show, Rich. I'm really excited. Um, I've got a question mm. for you, Rich. Oh, I think he, I think, I think he might have a cameo in Baldur's Gate three. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he turned up in um, at least one of the other Baldur's Gates. I remember him turning up, and I think two. I remember him and his panther turned up, and of course I tried to kill him. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I knew full well who he was. I knew that he was supposed to be a good character, and it was like giving you every indication not to fight him. I was like, fuck this, I'm fighting him. You know, and obviously I went back mm. to a safe game where I didn't fight him. He just crucified me as well. He just fucking, he just showed me what's what, you know. He, he just gave me a fucking lesson in D&D and how to just thrash me. Him and his panther, I remember. Um, yeah, well, he, Someone's got two, Dave. Well, he's a pretty OP character at the best of times on Drixt, you know. Like he gets the scimitars out. He has the panther that comes in from the limbo or whatever it comes in from and couple of, you know, level 5 characters, level 6 characters who thought they were pretty tough stuff just find that they're just clowns in a clown town. And Drix <laughs> just goes to town. Um, yeah, but um, does it surprise you that I tried to fight Drix when I, when I met him, Rich? A little bit. Not really? Okay. Oh, I well, thought you would have been more keen to invite him and say, join my party. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. But it, but it was one of those situations where it's like I had to save game, so I thought it would just be worth a fight. You know what I mean? I was like, you would have been like, come on, buddy, join on, me in my party. Come on, bring pal. your pamphlet. Let's go, bro. Let's go. Let's kick some ass, bro. Let's do it. Um, Michael Kellishim said his sister Elizabeth picked up the IDW Drix Domitibus. 
uh, collects the comic adaptations of the Homeland, Exile and Sojourn books. Um, it was a new copy from Target. Shane, the only D&D comics they keep in print are the modern stuff and Drixed. The Realms and AD&D comics are out of print and sell for good money, well over $100 for the full set of each. Um, that's crazy. You know, somewhere downstairs, I reckon I have the um, trades for most of the original D&D and the AD&D. Like, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Like the Forgotten Realms and the original Dungeons & Dragons. I, I remember buying the trades. Years ago, like years ago. God knows what shape they're in, but it's hilarious. Imagine if someone was like, oh, wow, that's like worth $1,000, Dave. I'd be like, hey, uh, I'd be the opposite of like, it's too precious. I'd be like, just, yeah, give me the 1000 now and get, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you can have it. Did you read it? No, not 100% sure. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm like, mm, probably not. <laughs> it's probably never been opened. You know what I mean? Like, when they crack the spine, I'm like, it's probably never, ever been opened in its life. Like, it's a mystery to me. You're talking to the guy who spent over a decade reading The Great Hunt. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't have time to crack open Volume 4 of The Fucking Forgotten Realms. You know? I never got around to that. I yeah, but you know what? I mean, sometimes it's just good to buy something because, you know, like, in the future, you you know what I mean? Like Totally. It's just like I bought a whole bunch of games on Steam. I'm not going to play them straight away, but yeah. you know, there's a sale. There's I guess going for two dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever. Do it. And then when I've got nothing to do, or I'm like, oh, you know, I'm in the mood for a CRPG, whatever. I've got something already. I don't have to then go and fucking look for a game or or go, oh wow, that's sixty bucks or it's 40 like bucks it, or it's, it's like, like buying know. women, man. It's like buying women an investment for down the track, you know. It's <laughs> the any port in the Stormridge, as they say, you know? <laughs> uh, um, you, always, you always somehow find that line, hey? Well, I mean, come on. Like, at the end of the day. It's like you're ready. It's like you, it's like you, you have, like, a, a line marker with you, and you're just like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Put it down. Yeah, Put it down. I'm just, I'm, just ready to, I'm just ready to roll, man. Like, you know, I, I, I play to win. Um, yeah, but... All I can say is I agree with Richard because, like, frankly, with, um, I mean, nothing says it more than omnibuses. You can't tell. I mean, I've got omnibuses I haven't cracked open that I very much intend to. And, and sometimes I love sitting down on, like, a Sunday night with a cup of tea, crack open the omnibus. It, it's beautiful. And it doesn't matter that I bought it X many years ago sometimes because it's in perfect condition, you know, often still sealed. Um, mm. And computer games you buy on Steam, I mean, you get some outrageous prices on Steam. I'm so used to getting fucking, basically fucking raped buying console games, you know? And everything costs a fortune. Um, you go to Steam, you pick up some really good stuff for um, decent prices a lot of the time. So, yeah, no, it's good. I, 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 I'm, I'm getting back into it, actually. I've been playing, um, since I fixed my hard drive, I've actually installed quite a few games on Steam, and I intend to... Um, play Baldur's Gate 3, especially over December and into the Christmas break when I have some time off over Christmas. I'm really looking forward to getting into Baldur's Gate 3 because everything I hear is that it's fantastic. And you'll have your complete edition, Rich. So, yeah, collector's mm. edition or whatever. So, yeah, loving life. Now, how about this? So this is my first piece of news, and this really pissed me off, and it, it actually alludes to something that I mentioned last week regarding Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft... There were these intrusive game ads in the game of Assassin's Creed for other Assassin's Creed games. So first reported by Rock, Paper, Shotgun, um, which is actually a good title. 
Um, console players of older Assassin's Creed games like Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, so basically they're just the previous games to Mirage, um, encountered Black Friday ad pop-ups for the latest entry, Assassin's Creed Mirage, while trying to access in-game menus. I believe it was when they were going to the map. How fucking annoying. You're going to the map and you're getting a fucking ad. Um, Ubisoft has stated the ads appeared due to a technical error and removed them. Um, our intention was to display a promotion for Assassin's Creed Mirage as part of the franchise news in the main menu of other Assassin's Creed games. Unfortunately, this technical error caused a promotion to appear in one of our in-game menus instead. Um, so basically, I said it last week, when you open up the game and it goes to continue, it's got ads now. And I noticed them myself for the other Assassin's Creed games, including the one that said, explore the further adventures of Bassam. And remember, I got really pissed off. Because Bassam has such a fucking minor role in Valhalla. Like, if you're going there for the further adventures of him, it's going to be a very boring fucking game. You know? Firstly, he's not a playable character. So he's a guy who sells you shit, basically. You know? So, yeah. Um, Yeah, but the thing is, I mean, obviously they're going to do that and go, oh, oopsie, it was an accident. It's like, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't, You wanted to see how people reacted, and you have the, oh, it was just the glitch ready. Because... Uh, yeah, as you pointed out, when I did give um, uh, I did give Odyssey a go. Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, a did while you? back. Wow. Okay. And I noticed that like it feels like there's like um, you know like when you go to a website and you don't have ad blocker. Yeah. Uh, like ads pop up. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. felt like that. Like yeah. the shit just popping up, saying like, "Oh, the store this, and you can yeah. get this in the store." And I was like, "Jesus Christ, I feel like I'm on a website." Oh, they really like fucking hammer at home. I just ignore it all. I'm like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, but that also just turned me off as well uh, from the game because, mm. you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day, and it's like, you know, what's missing from I think games is the nerd factor, right? And I, I was having a chat with someone at work, and I'm like, I feel like nerd culture has been replaced in like games and and TV and stuff with like and sci-fi and all that with like a not hipster but like along those lines right you know, like the 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 bearded person is into Joss Whedon and the quirky you know what I mean everything's sure. got to be quirky and funny and like quote unquote relatable and all that uh-huh. and I just find like when sci-fi and video games were at their best sure was when there were nerds who just you know, like, you know, when you got your bald skin. Because even, like, Larry and I feel awesome. like is a bunch of nerds, which is why Divinity and all that feels so good. Mm. It feels so, like, in-depth and, like, there's so much. Because I feel like, you know, that's what's missing from games. And now you've got people like Ubisoft who, you know, all they're interested in is, is let's money. sell them shit. You know what I mean? Money, not money, money. To make a cool in-depth game. Let's just sell them as much shit as possible. Let's milk this fucking thing till it's dead and then find a new cow. Yeah. It is like, it. look, I think that's unforgivable, but I, I, I can live with the fact that they've got their shitty ads for the other Assassin's Creed games because I'm like, okay, they are Assassin's Creed games and it's a link to the store and I can live with that. Like, it's okay. Like, because I just accept that's marketing. You know, it's embedded ads in the, in the starting menu. But, like, to have in-game pop-up fucking ads, like, that is, I think, unforgivable. Like, almost. You know, in the game. Like, the last thing in the world I want to be doing is watching an advertisement. I hate them on YouTube. And I would hate... And it's not accidental. You know, they're, they're doing that as almost like a test. 
you know, it's not accidental at all. Like, it's not. It's, it's, it's purely them sort of putting their feet in the water and just seeing what the reaction is going to be. And, of course, the reaction is going to be negative because people don't want to sit there watching a fucking ad. You know, for a game they may well have as well, can I also add? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it's just... You know, but it's also that they take it too far because I, I do actually use the, um, the app Tubi, right, which is a yeah. free yeah. Um, app, and they do have ads in their stuff, but I could watch, because um, that's where we're watching Highway to Heaven. Yeah. We can watch an episode of Highway to Heaven, which goes for about 40-odd minutes, right? Sure. And in that 40 minutes, I think we may get maybe three or four, like, uh, ads, right. right? I can watch a fucking 10 to 15-minute YouTube video. Yeah. And get way more ads than that in I that know. 10 to 15. Know. You know what it's I mean? Bullshit. I know. Like, that's what annoys me. I don't have a problem with ads. I fucking grew up with ads, right? Yeah. But just like with TV... You would get a show, and the ads would almost just help you get it from, like, say, the 22 minutes to the 30-minute mark, right? Yeah. And you had, But then, all of a sudden, you know, the this, this show started going longer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they're cramming so many fucking ads in it. And that's my problem with YouTube. I never had a problem with YouTube's ads. But it's just how invasive they've become. How, you know, they try cram as many ads into like a short video as possible i sometimes click on a 30 second funny video and guess what it's a 15 second unskippable ad yeah. for a 30 second video yeah, for god's sake dude and these fucking vi- yeah it's ridiculous and i mean i hate to be this guy but these youtube videos are usually not worth fucking ads like seriously like they're throwaway content to me it's like i don't need to sit through a fucking ad to see this like fuck this it's not worth an ad you know I just oh, well, that's why, that's why they invented ad blocker, but yeah. Yeah, I've put it on my computer since, Rich, since we spoke. I, I've put, you, you mentioned it to me the other day, and it's a fucking joy. Because now it comes up and says, you, you've got ad blocker. Are you sure you want to keep it on and stuff? Like, you want to watch our shit ads? You're fucking right, I do. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, I intentionally put it on because I fucking hate the ads. And on some of the comic book sites, that are awful already. Their way they spam the advertising. It's just ridiculous. Oh, that's the funny thing. I I actually resigned myself to the ads on YouTube, right? Because again, I was so used to ads from TV. Yeah. I actually installed AdBlocker because of websites. Yeah. Yeah. But the added benefit was I was like, oh, it actually fucking works on YouTube too, which is great because the ads were starting to get out of hand. So yeah. Oh no, Ad, AdBlocker is a fucking lifesaver, man. Seriously. Well. You know, I've hopped on board that bandwagon, Rich, and uh, I'm with you now. And welcome aboard, Dave. Life's good, man. Have you noticed I'm catching up to modern society? Like I'm, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like I am. You're finally, you're finally coming out of your coma. I'm sort of, yeah, and and like, yeah, it's you know, I I still am bemused by what the kids are doing these days. But like, it's like, yeah, certain things have just fallen my way, you know. And I'm like, wow, now I feel like I know what's happening. I know the score, you know. It's great. Mm. Now, what about this? Chris Pine is pretty confident there will be a sequel to 2023's underrated gem, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Rich. Underrated gem. I mean, I enjoyed the film, um, actually. It's a, have, did you watch it? No, I've still never seen it. It's fun. It is a fun movie. I, like, okay. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm going to check it out. It's just that I'm waiting for it to come to streaming. It's out, man. 
It's, it's no. been out for ages, dude. I've got to sign up for either, I think, Paramount or some shit. No, until it comes to a streaming service I have, I'm not watching it. <laughs> Why don't you just download it? Like, that's what I guess. No. But you could. Because that's, that's, that's even giving them my effort and my... Um, yes. I've had it, I've had like, it no. for months, dude. I've had it for months, man. Seriously. No. I could give it to you. No, I can look at it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> no offense to Chris Pine, but, man, this guy... He has got a knack for just picking failure after failure after failure. Man. Like, I feel so bad for the guy. Like, like he had one pretty good one with um, Star Trek. Like maybe like the first Star Trek and the Wonder Woman. Sure. But then, like then the Star Treks got shit, and so he lost that. Uh, you know that milker. Yeah. The second Wonder Woman who was absolute shit. But this guy, I'm sorry. Like I, I like the guy. I don't have an issue with him, right? But I almost feel like if he's in it. It's destined to be like underperforming or whatever. No, that is bad. Yeah. But just that it just underperforms because think of all this stuff. And in fact, he's even the villain in the new movie, Wish. Yeah. That just came out of Disney and that movie's getting panned. Yeah. I have heard that that's, I I have heard that that's getting bombing. If Chris Pine is in it, just automatically assume that it's like, oh, this is going to be a dud. (laughs) Yeah. Like the guy's just got no luck with picking. Um, well, okay, but like, I will say this, it's a decent movie, like I'd give it 7.5 out of 10, it's it's good, it, you know, it's not great, it, it's it, it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's like a light-hearted romp through the realms, I, I really enjoyed it, it did disappoint at the box office, but it's one of those movies that also will have a life, because it's not terrible, like it will have an afterlife in the, in the streaming world. Yeah, but can I just say something, like, mm. what annoyed me, and turned me off from wanting to go watch it, mm. Whereas I wanted something a bit more serious, right? Sure. I wanted something along the veins of Lord of the Rings. Something a little bit more serious, a little bit yeah. more stakes. And so do I. Because, yeah. Yeah. You know, the reason for that is because we already got the Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. The, the what was it, the 90s? Or the 2000s? 2000, 2000, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all got the really quirky comedy, yeah. oh my god, I'm the, the main character who's like snarky and, and you know, yeah. and witty and don't take it too seriously, like, and it's a bit of a joke. We already got that, and mm. it wasn't very good. Yeah, all so that, yeah, I was kind yeah. of hoping that they didn't go that route again, and you know what, to be fair, hasn't worked out for them either, has it? Like, no. maybe if they've done something a bit more serious, because again... I agree, yeah. I mean... Well, I think do remember that that failed Dungeons and Dragons movie, mm. you know, and then maybe when they see this one being a comedy again, maybe they might go, "Ooh, I'm getting yeah, flashbacks. I'm getting those vibes." Well, Richard, I one thousand percent agree with you. I've often asked, I asked Ed Greenwood, why do they always go comedy in D and D? They do it in the comics too. They just, it's it's weird. It's it's like they they think that every player plays it like a lark, you know, but like. Uh, it, it really depends on your DM. Oh, that's the funny thing because, yeah, you get your fucking, what do they call, critical role. There's <laughs> a big joke and it's all oh, funny, we're quirky. But most D&D campaigns are pretty serious. They are. They are. There's they usually... pretty yeah. serious. Yeah, I, I, I've played my fair share and more have been serious with a little bit of light comedy. Like, like life has a bit of humour in it. We find humour in life. There's, you can find some humour in some of the campaigns for sure, but they're not wacky, snarky fests, which is definitely what um, the comics often are, and mm-hmm. this movie was as well. Now, it's light-hearted, it's a romp, 
it, it, you know, that literally is what it is. That was obviously their, you know, mission. And mm. as you say, it disappointed the box office, despite being a pretty decent movie. Uh, and, you know what? Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you remember that they did that animated um, uh, 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 Dragon Dragons of Autumn Twilight, I think it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all you had to do was something like that, but, like, serious and with, high quality. With, with, with decent animation. <laughs> yeah, but you're not, yeah. But, no, no, not even, I mean, live action. Right, Sorry, I mean, yes, like, yeah. do, do the, like, maybe, maybe like, adapt the Tracy Hickman stuff, you know yeah. what I mean, the Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman stuff. Yeah. Maybe adapt that, but just do it better. Yeah. You know, because the, the 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 only bad thing about that was the um the animation wasn't of the highest quality. Oh, it was awful. It was fucking. But it was awful. decent though. Like yeah. the, the the again the story was decent because it's based on the novel. Yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah. why don't you just you've got these great wonderful novels done by great people. Lots of people, yeah. Why not adapt one of those instead of making this your own garbage fucking Marvel light yeah. crap? Like you have. Sure. Oh my god. You've got so much material yeah. that boggles my mind that you wouldn't be like, let's just take one of the books and yeah. make a movie. Then we can we we can do a series because they did a series of these books, and if we can do it well, Jesus, we've got so many books. And more than more than the books are way more of the books are more serious than anything yeah. they ever do. Like I agree, the books are way better than the comics, way better. Um, if in D and D, if if I was going to recommend anyone anything, I'd say recommend the Dragonlance books. And there's a whole scattering of the. There's probably twenty really good Forgotten Realms books, like at least. Dude, uh, re, yeah, listen, Dragon. I mean, to me, the top ones are read anything with Tracy Eakman and Margaret Wise mm. and uh, Richard A. Knack. Yeah. Right. Read anything but them, and you will have the best time. And I'll tell novel. you, I'd, I'd add in Bob Salvatore with the Drix novels. Oh no, of course. Sorry, yeah. Um, I always forget that. I just, I almost feel like that's separate. Yeah, and I mean, not, I the, always just see that character as such a. I always forget that he's actually part of that. Well, he he yeah. just he just so broke they, out those, so big. Those four basically read anything, yeah. anything from that. And we like, had him on the show, David Zeb Cook, um, who wrote. Uh, the Horse Lords, you know, the Empire Trilogy, with the, which was basically like the Mongol invasion and stuff. Like, they were mm-hmm. fucking great. Like, yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's weird, though. I, I think I actually asked. We'd have to go... We'd have to run the tape back. I asked Dick Greenwood, why do they always go for comedy? And he had a good response, uh, you know, his reasoning why, but he agreed. Like, they always do. They always go... I know why they're comedy, because they're trying to hit a broader market. I know that's what they're doing, but what's sad is that Lord of the Rings showed them you don't have to. Yeah, Lord of the Rings like was Lord pretty. Lord of the Rings showed you that if you do something well, yeah. you respect the source material, yeah, and you make it serious and you take it serious, you will make money. Like you yeah. don't have to try and be like, oh, we've got to make it funny and quirky so that we reach a broader market. Well, then how did Lord of the Rings do so fucking well? Like, it explain did, that. It did awesomely. Like it was, it was just so popular, basically, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, a good story is a good story. As soon as it hits, like, Prime or something, you know what I mean, where sure. it's had a bit of time, and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll put it now for free, you know what I mean, instead of, I'll yeah. oh, join Paramount or rent it. I'll, I'll give it a go, but uh, I just, as I said, I'm turned off just because of how wackadoody it was. That's fair enough, man. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, I think when you eventually watch it, you'll be like, oh, it's actually quite enjoyable. But I would say to them, um, I would go a little, not even darker, it's not the right word, but I just go a little bit more gravity to the story. 
you know, because that is a, it's a wacky movie, dude. Like it's wackadoodle, like zany kind of like you know, life's a lark kind of attitude. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got a mm. couple of emotional beats, but and everyone's got the snarky, smart-ass comment. It's a it's a very very it's lightweight. Cold. It's very lightweight, and which is kind of charming, but also thin. You know, like. Which is often how I feel, I have felt about multiple comic book movies sometimes. I'm like, even when I enjoy them, I go, gee, that's a light movie. There's, it's a but thin also, movie. You know? one, another thing that bothers me mm. about that movie when I look at it is, the, and again, I, maybe it's just because they're going for that comedy in the series, but when Lord of the Rings, I, when you watch Lord of the Rings, I don't feel like it's anyone cosplaying. No. Right, I feel like it's it's real people with yeah. wearing real outfits that they would wear. Sure, it just everything feels authentic and it real. Feel, it feels when medieval. It, it just feels like people dressed up. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like yeah. oh, someone's cosplaying as a barbarian. Oh, someone's cosplaying as a bard. Like yeah. oh, someone's. Co- it just it just feels like cosplay. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel genuine and lived in. And that's again, I was like, why can't I just give me something serious, man? That's a good point, man. And um, it, you are—you've hit it right on the on the head because that is how it feels too. Like when you when you watch it, when you eventually do watch it, like you never feel Chris Pines. You feel like Chris Pines cosplaying as a bard, basically, and all his yeah. wacky oh, yeah, that's friends. What I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I guarantee you they're having a great time. But that's what it feels like to me when I watch it. I feel like, oh, this looks like a bunch of actors having some fun. Yeah. Which in itself is not a bad thing. But when I'm like, yeah, but I want Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? When I watch Lord yeah. of the Rings, I don't see Viggo Mortensen or, no. you know, um, uh, oh, shit, what's Frodo's name? I, I know his name. Um, Elijah Wood. Uh, you know, I don't see Elijah Wood. I don't see Ian McKellen. I see the characters. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. I see Gimli. I don't see actors no. locking it up. And that's the problem with the D&D movie. I just, it looks like actors having fun. And good old for having fun, but it just, you make it now look like that. Or yeah, feel like and, that. That, and that comes, like, it, it, honestly comes down it's not even the actors it comes down to the direction it comes down to the notes from the studio they consciously went for a light tone there's no escaping that there's a couple of emotional but the actors i mean i'm sorry one of the last people i blame is an actor they they'll just pay mouthpieces you know what i mean maybe they'll have a little bit of a collab but but yes the director all the ones who make the movie you're just there to you're paid to you know read your lines basically yeah yeah Anyway, well, I'll be interested to see what you think of it when you eventually watch it. Um, but, I mean, gee, Michael Kellishem says it was the best picture of 2023. Um, it's up there. <laughs> it is, like, there hasn't been a lot of good movies also, but uh, I'd, like, I put it in my top ten, but I've probably only watched, like, ten modern movies. It's an enjoyable, like, if you're after a light-hearted romp, you know, it, it is that. Um but it's a little bit in love with itself. And I just wish, like you're saying, they would take advantage of the great world and yeah. give it a bit more gravitas. Make me feel like I'm not at a Renaissance Fair because that's how I feel when I'm, when I'm watching a D&D product these days um, and the comics as well. Everyone's playing make-believe. And I don't think that that's necessarily a good thing. I, I, I think it would be better if you're watching and you were like, man, this is a proper full-on fantasy movie, you know? Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I want. I just want it to feel authentic. I just want it to feel like it's in another, like I'm watching like another reality, but it's yeah. a real reality, and it's and it just doesn't feel like that. 
No, they need to try harder, Rich, to please you. I think you know they they need well, to. Well, that's the do same thing is they don't have to try harder. They just have to uh, care more and take it seriously. That's all. That, I'm not asking for them to be like, um, you know, uh, I'm not asking them to be like the the world's best actor, the world's best director. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not looking for that. I'm just wanting people who. Who give a shit and take it seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? People who That's all I'm asking give a for. shit. Yeah. Instead of this half ass shit. You know? And you know what? I, I mean, I'm thinking about it. And to be fair, yeah, there wasn't that. I mean, I mean, if you take out sort of like your Oppenheimer and... Sure. And, Barbie. And, Barbie. And Barbie and all that sort of stuff. There? there wasn't that many... No. There was... I mean, I think, well, well, actually, Mission Impossible came out. It was good. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best Mission Impossible, but I mean, it's still a good movie. It is a good um, movie. I have a question for you. But I wouldn't actually rate that as a great movie. I have a question for you. I have a question for you. In Mission Impossible, which I also enjoyed... Guardians of the Galaxy, sorry, 3, that would be probably my... Up there with my... Guardians 3 was better than D&D. You know, I thought Guardians 3 was actually a pretty good movie when I watched it. It was... was, I thought it was... um, Yeah, I I thought that was like an 8.5 out of 10 movie, really. I I, I enjoyed that movie. An 8 out of 10 movie, for sure. Yeah, and whereas should, I'd give... You know, there's a movie where... Uh, um, What's his name? O, is it Owen Wilson? Owen Wilson yeah. played Bob Ross? I don't even know who that is. Bob oh, Ross, the, the, man, painter. the painter. I didn't know that was a movie. There's a movie called Paint that came out this right, year. Really? It's a comedy, apparently. Well, I didn't know that at all. Okay. Or maybe yeah. he's playing a Bob Ross type I, character. I, I know the guy, the painting guy, who was on, like, Netflix and stuff, yeah? The... Well, he was on TV back in the day. That's where he started. Right. Okay. Yeah, but he's like, I he I think he's passed away. But like, he um, yeah, like he was on Netflix. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff on Facebook about it. Uh, yeah, they got, his, they got his stuff. But right. what I'm saying is that he used to have a show on TV. Right. Okay. Back you in used the day, to tune into like I don't know if it was daily or weekly, but you would tune into it and he would just be doing a painting and talking and giving you advice and. You know, right. happy little accidents and stuff and all that sort of crap. But no, he's been around from like decades. Wow. Okay. Before yeah. Netflix was even a thing. Right. Okay. I was never aware of him until, you know, more recent years. Um, but yeah, I know who he is. But no, I didn't know that um, Owen Wilson had done a movie about him. That's interesting. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it's him or if it's just meant to be a character like him. That's, that's all I'm saying. I haven't looked into it, so I don't want to say what it is. But it looks exactly like him. He's got the afro... He's got the beard. He's painting. It's called paint. Right. So it's either about him or it's a comedy about a character like him. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting, Rich. Well, you learn something every day. Richard's just uh, supplying this with. Uh... Wonder how many? Uh, to be fair, there's a lot of movies that I don't really know anything about because I don't really. My fingers aren't on the pulse of movies anymore. You go back like two thousands. Oof! Just did I know what every movie was coming out? Sure. Like every year, but now I'm just like I literally don't care. Yeah. You you burn out, man. You're a, you, oh you, my god! Did you see the trailer? Sorry, speaking of movies, you see the trailer for the uh, the new uh, DC animated thing, the Crisis. They're doing the Crisis. I of, heard uh, they were doing it. What's it like? I, I saw some animation yeah, that looked it's terrible. The same fucking art style, bro. Like it's yeah. horrendous. Yeah, it's it just terrible. looks so fucking terrible. How sad is it that Invincible it. is a far better watch than anything from DC right now? I I think yeah, it is. Um. I think that I'm at that point now with DC's animation where I, I refuse. Like, I'm sort of like, you guys aren't even trying. You're not. You're obviously not spending money, so why should we care? Like, you're deliberately... Well, you're spending money, why should I spend my time? Yeah, like, 
piece of shit. Yeah, you you deliberately sort of under, I don't know what the word is, but just it's just terrible, you know. Like it's, it's it just looks so cheap, man. It yeah. looks so fucking cheap. Yeah, no, it's 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 terrible, and, and it's again and again though. It's not a new thing, and and they would have heard it like a thousand times, you know, and they just don't care. They're just like fuck it, like just shovel it out. Um, we'll we'll hit. Well, the problem is because there are probably people that buy it. Yeah, and maybe there's streaming services that fucking buy it. I don't know, but yeah, you know, uh, they must make money because otherwise. You would think that they would stop doing it if they were losing money. Oh, they've 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 spammed us with this stuff. Well, maybe it's so cheap that it's impossible not to make money. <laughs> well, I, I think that's it. I think they've worked out a business model where they they wind up ahead, basically. And the anime, like, and honestly, at times the stories are decent, but like, God, the animation's terrible. It's just I, I find it almost unwatchable. I I know some people who are like, oh no, it looks really good. I'm like, are you guys watching? Like anything, like are you hot right now? <laughs> but like, it's like it, like it looks worse than stuff from twenty years ago, you know? Mm, like, yeah. like it does. Like, I'm sorry, it does. Like, you look at it, it's um, poorly drawn, lifeless, uh, really stiff. Um, it well, just looks and drawn. It's all um, it's all CG. It's all yeah, but poor CGI or whatever. Like, it's you know, it's however they've done it. It just doesn't look good. You know, on the, it's not well, pleasing. Basically, it's a three D model, but they try and make it look like it's drawn. Right. Like that's that's the thing, and that's also what this new Wish movie does. Right. It's obviously CG, but they've tried to make it l- give it this quality that it's almost like it's hand drawn. Right. Um, and that's the problem with their stuff is that I almost feel like, listen, if it's going to go CG, then just do CG. Yeah. Just don't try and make it look drawn because now it just looks bland and cheap. At least if you're going to do CG. Maybe it would look a bit better, but I don't know why. I guess they're trying to be like, but it's comics. We've got to make it look hand drawn. Well, I don't know, man. Like, I give me the Just League animated series any day over it. You know, like yeah, yeah. And I don't know how that. I believe that's on Netflix now. I believe the um, the Justice League um, JLU and all that is all on Netflix now. Apparently, wow. Okay, is it still on Max? It was on Max for a long, the longest time. I don't know. I don't know because because Max isn't even in Australia. You remember that? That's like it's a combination of binge and okay. all that sort of shit. So. Right. So it's on Australian Netflix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Um, what was the title of the movie that you said was bombing? Wish. I just want to see. Wish. Yeah. So this is out in cinemas. Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's have a look and see what it's done. Wow. Twenty million opening. Pretty low. Pretty low, really, for a mm-hmm. mainstream Disney movie. Wish will follow a young girl named Asher who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. Not a terrible um, concept, but um, yeah, it's tw- poorly executed apparently. And twenty million, to, uh, like not a not a great opening either. You know, hmm. Jesus. Well, I think I think this is the I think Disney is facing their their second collapse because you remember they hmm. they did oh, have yeah. a collapse. Um, uh, if you remember the Black Cauldron and all that sort of stuff, yeah, where, yeah way back in the day, yeah, you know, like the 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 shit, just like no one cared and, and whatever, and then they had the Renaissance, you know, Beauty which is when the you had like Mermaid, Aladdin, yeah, yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, and all that. Yeah. Maybe it's time that they need another they need another sort of thing because everything they're putting out now is pretty much like garbage. Like no one cares. Well, it often comes down to um, 
animation, the quality, and oversaturation uh, are often the enemies. You know, we 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 know that Disney. I mean, they do oversaturate, and mm. they they're so desperate, they're so hungry. Um, and let's face it, kids are the most fickle. You know, kids are incredibly fickle. Like for the most fickle audience of all time, they they'll turn on a dime. So if it's you know, if the movie comes out, yeah, at, least, at least you know it's honest. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't yeah. sound nicely, but if you if you, if you lose a kid, mm. like, and I'm not saying kids are dumb, mm. but I think kids have a much lower tolerance, sure. sort of threshold for, for for shit. Yeah. So if 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 kids hate your movie, oh yeah, then I think you've definitely failed. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, like then it's like I'm sorry, their standards on are do are, are lower. They're not dumb, but they. But they can they can be more forgiving. Well, they're less so if, they're, they're less that, critical. You've done something seriously wrong. Yeah, they're le- they're less critical. You know, they've got they're not as jaded or anything in in general. You know, well, they're like, just looking from a fun point of view. Was it yeah. fun or was it not fun? Yeah, they don't want Did boring. Look, was it funny? That sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. If if you fail on that, mm. like you know, yeah, they're not looking at anything like through like a you know a critical lens. Mm. They just were like, did I laugh? Was it fun? Was it funny? And if you caught, yeah, if you fail at that, why are you making these movies? I, I still think I that's know. a, I why honestly think, it? as someone, you know, we review things, I still think that's a really good marker. You know, like, did it entertain me? Was the story moving along a decent pace? Was I getting some laughs? Was it, did I care? Like, listen, that, I feel like that's what it should be all the time, but now we live in a world where even myself, I've fallen into the trap of like, um, because movies are getting so. Preachy and and there's like everyone seems to like want to have a message and then you've got the critics who are like, you know, how many people of color were in it and did it what did it say about this and you're like, when did we stop talking about was it just fun? See, my 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 my, when I'm watching, and this applies to anything, I still think is the story grabbing me and I want it to grab me at least a bit. If I'm getting bored, if I want want to look at my phone, you know. That's that's I'll how I do it. I think you are much closer to kids than I am. <laughs> <laughs> you you can actually uh, most time, a lot of times switch your brain off and find some enjoyment in something that I can't even find yeah. uh, sometimes enjoyment in. So well, so, um, so much yeah, of the stuff do positive for you. I'll say that. So, so much of the, in my in my opinion, having consumed a lot of media, so much of it is pretty mediocre. You know, like or it's it's. It's okay. Like, I was watching Daryl Dixon the other day. Now, I enjoyed Daryl Dixon um, season one. I really did enjoy it. But in the last episode, there was some egregious padding, you know, and it's just like you care, you care, you care, and then you feel your brain switch off. Oh, I don't care about this. This is just dragging on. This is just taking up time. This is getting us closer to 50 minutes. And then it has a a caring bit. So that's how I look at stuff. I'm like... I don't think I should have to try very hard to be engaged. That's when I'm watching media, when I'm watching entertainment. Like, I'm not watching a fucking, you know, news item here. I'm watching entertainment. I, I'm prepared to show a bit. I'm, I, I go in, hopefully, with an open mind, but I, I, I try to be active. But if I find myself slipping away, and it's not because of some other thing going on, like if I'm genuinely just slipping away out of pure boredom, I'm sorry that that factors into my review. That's that's how I've always approached it. I, I know some people are more complicated with how they review things, but I'm a big believer in 
It has to be entertaining, and it has to at least try to hold me. And I, and I apply that to most things that I, that I consume. Well, that's I mean, I've, I've definitely lost that because back in the day, I used to... I, watch a, I used to finish a movie even if it was bad because I was like, no, I've got to finish it, right? So sure. it's on, I'm watching it, yeah, I'm not going to put it off through. Yeah. But now I've even lost that ability. Now, <laughs> you know what I mean? If, 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 an hour into the movie, I'm like, like just, just the other day, I switched off um, John Wick 4. Yeah. Like, with that's a long like 40 movie. minutes to go because I was like, I just don't care. Like, yeah, I'm, but that's I'm, okay. That's getting older, too, where you're just like, you know what? I, I've watched. I mean, must be. I'm just getting to the point now where I. Like, I'm not joking. I, <laughs> when I was in my 20s, I would literally be on the brink of wanting to fall asleep. But because I had started a movie or because the movie hadn't finished, I would force myself to stay awake mm. to finish the movie so that I could go to bed. Whereas now, I would just probably fucking drift off and not give a shit. Like. Yeah. Well, I mean, part part of it's getting older too. Like you, you, you can re- you've you've consumed more media. You know that so much of it is just fairly, if not mediocre, very average. Um, there'll be another movie, but sometimes, actually, and I hate to say this, sometimes because I, you know, I, I like classic movies, and there's a lot of classic movies I haven't seen, so you know, I'll go and watch a movie. Sometimes I find some of these supposed classics so incredibly fucking boring, like. And I just watch it, and I'm like, man, like, is it me? I just, I'm, you know, and I, like, there's plenty of classics I love, too, but I, I am a sucker for a plot that's moving. When the plots just slow down to just snail pace, which they often do in the older movies, I really do. Like, I, I, I kind of lose my cool, and I drift, you know, and... um it's it, older doesn't always mean it's classic. Some some stuff ages better than others, you know. Um, in my opinion, and sometimes I think some of these supposed all time classics, when you go to watch them, I'm like, wow, this is. I'll tell you an example. I have to watch the man who shot Liberty Valance again because I know a lot of people consider that their favorite western. I watched all of it. I own it. I, it's okay, but I mm-hmm. I, I like it, it, it. It's a decent movie. But I could name ten other westerns that are above it easily. Like I don't consider it. I find it very slow. Um, have you seen that movie? What do you think? Oh my god, have I seen that movie? It's got John Wayne, uh, Jimmy Stewart. Um, it's okay. It's very long and very yeah, slow. I, I think I may, again. I may have seen it when I was like nineteen or twenty, but I don't remember much of the movie. The other before. one that that I'll name, and I, I could name plenty. I love like. Plenty I love. Like I like I I love. I've watched most of the Humphrey Bogart movies. Love them. There's plenty of westerns I enjoy. The other one was remember we did it on Cinema of Doom. Once upon a time in the West. I mm-hmm. struggled through that. I like. I appreciate it's it's kind of brilliant in some ways, but oh my god, did I struggle? And people revere that movie, and I'm like, man, I really struggled. Like, where were you on that? I don't remember what your review was like. Oh no, I I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, see, see, sometimes it's a me problem. Well, uh, no, but uh, but it's also what we have a tolerance for. So, mm. if something is um, beautifully stylized, yes, that can keep my engagement, even if the story is a little bit slow. Like even sure. like uh, when I watched like Ron, right, which is a, um, a Japanese version of sort of um, what is it? I think it's. Uh, uh, 
Macbeth, I think. Right. Um, again, very long movie, but again, it's so stylized and the the scene, you know what I mean, mm. and the scenes and the way that the it's shot. Sure. He's also telling a story that, for me, again, maybe because again, I am art, <laughs> not autistic. I am like artistic, yeah, minded. Yeah. So my brain is occupied with that game. Like, oh wow, look at that shot. Why did they shoot it like that? Like, yeah. You know why are why is the flags in this like you know, my brain can sort of stuff so when it's something is shot brilliant like by someone with really good like cinematography and like an eye for like having story in the shots i can still be entertained sure if it doesn't have that and it is also a slow moving boring story then just like you i will be like i oh, fucking god why am i doing this like yeah like what what am i doing to myself now uh, to cite two examples of movies that i watched in the last 12 months that i thought were brilliant that were older, The Longest Day. I I honestly consider that one of my favourite war movies ever. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I thoroughly thought that was brilliant. It's long. I never felt its length. I just watched it one sitting. Also, I probably saw this when I was young, but I watched, I after Longest Day, I watched Sands of Iwo Jima with John Wayne. I thought mm-hmm. it was excellent. Um, so there's plenty of old movies. More, more, more often than not, I, I really enjoy. But I no, I'm just naming two that I, I struggled with badly. But you know what? But again, it's also just it's some, it's something. Kind of, it's a weird thing to say, but it's also just something about the soul, right? So I give you the example because I actually don't, I don't have a favorite game genre, right? No. Because I can play something that is an open world game, right? And thoroughly love it and whatever and then i'll play another game and not give a fuck sure right i'll be like don't care i'll play a, a, a role playing or a crpg or something like that fucking love it be thoroughly invested and then i'll boot up another one so sometimes it's not about the genre it's just about whether something resonates sure with you and it doesn't matter whether it resonates with you emotionally like mentally, you know, like, you know, artistically, whatever, whatever. I just think sometimes just the way something is, mm. the way it's made, just sort of like screams to your soul. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just feels like it fits together. And so that's also the same with movies. Do you know what I mean? It's why, you know, if you're a Western fan, it doesn't mean you love every Western, no. you know, it doesn't mean like you love them more. No, it's just that I think we just for some reason we can't explain it you know what i mean yeah that's like i can't explain it to you why i like you know ron or why i like um once upon a time in the west i mean if a lot of people i'm like yeah sure i don't i'm not disagreeing with you sure it but for some reason it speaks to me it resonates with me yeah, it yeah. fills me with joy or something like that that's you know good. what i mean, I mean it, yeah it's you know that's you good know what I mean? yeah. so that's why it's just hard sometimes to to know and that's why like I, th- I think it's funny when you do these with people do these lists and they're like oh these are the 10 to games to play if you like this and i'll sit there and go nope i didn't like any of those like yeah. i tried every single one of them and not one of them did i finish yeah or even I, continue look i the lists you have to take with a grain of salt you know, they can be yeah, helpful no, I, no, no, I get what they're doing they're trying to be helpful but the promise is that there's something else it's not just about the mechanics do you know what i mean yeah it's not just about something being similar there's just something that it just connects with you do you know what i mean it just yeah. speaks to your soul and you like it and then you might not like any other game in that in that type of genre or something like that but just that one game spoke to you yep so true now, speaking of Chris Prine, he said the opposite about Star Trek. He hasn't read any scripts or heard any updates for the fourth film. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's dead. 
Yeah, I'd say it's dead. Um, I think it's safe to say. I think it's safe to say that's dead. And speaking of another JJ uh, flop, um, the proposed JJ Abrams Constantine HBO Max pro- HBO Max project has been cancelled. This was to be a race swap project with Soapy Disarai cast as John Constantine. He's of Nigerian descent, but would have at least done a British accent, unlike Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's yeah. funny. That's funny. Um, there was some news about. There's a bit of Doctor Who news in the news today, and Russell T Davies warns parents about Doctor Who's upcoming episodes that it has some horror and stuff in it. It's like, Jesus Christ! Like, they'll do anything. Uh, but there's been so many episodes that have had horror. So, in it. Exactly, and in fact, they've traded on that reputation far more than I think it deserves because I've watched every episode of Doctor Who pretty much. No, there's a couple I haven't. But the vast majority I've watched. Let me tell you, uh, in the new Who, there's been a bit more obvious horror. People talk about the old Who having people so scared and stuff. I was always like, really? Like, I never found it that scary as a kid at all. Um, in the new one with the Weeping Angels and stuff, yeah, they do do a little bit of light horror. But it's very light, you know, um, compared to... Like, yeah, but I mean, the old ones did have... But again, you've got to remember, horror has also changed over the years, so... Yeah. Uh, what you, as someone born, you know, whether you were born in the 70s or the 80s yeah. or whatever, you grow up on a different type of horror. When you go back and watch something like that, you go, what do you mean? That's not horror. But to them it was. for someone who's, you know, a kid in 1960, you know what I mean? It, something, it's a different type of horror. So yeah. I think they've always done it. It's just that horror's changed sure. and, and how we see horror's changed. But, I mean, it's always been a bit dark. It's always been a bit... Um, yeah, yeah. There's been, um, scary, I, there's been a bit of it. There's been a bit of it. I just, I sometimes question when, when they go on about it so much. I'm just like, God, you really guys talk it up heaps. But I've always found it more of a sci-fi show. Now, um, how about this? There's some news about um, Superman Legacy. Engineer supposedly was the main villain, although James Gunn seems to have backed away from that. Engineer is from the Authority. She's like that metallic, computery kind of thing in the Authority. Remember, Rich. Oh. So liquid metal. Oh, I was thinking of someone else. Um, you think of Jenny Sparks, probably? No, no, no. I was thinking of a different book. I was thinking of. Uh, thinking of is what? It Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina. No, the engineer is is she's like. I mean, I'm God. I'm struggling to remember. She's almost Wasn't like liquid, that guy liquid the engineer metal. as well, or something. Or is he called the mechanic or something? He might be called the mechanic. Yeah, but we're not talking about the engineer she's not a villain in the books she's a she's a good guy so I, <laughs> I mean they are pieces of shit but yeah they're not villains no the authority man you're thinking of the elite the original no, authority dude, the authority are, are assholes like they're no. good they are technically good guys but let's be honest they are assholes like they are I, I refuse pieces that. of shit I refuse that that doing drugs, fucking whoring it around. Oh, they're not. not do, they're not doing people, drugs. People off buildings. Dude, you're like, thinking of the elite. Good work. I'm not. I'm not. You know, get don't get your panties in a twist. I'm not saying they're villains. I'm not saying they're bad guys. Yeah. But I wouldn't classify them as like good guys. They are good guys. You, you can not classify them, but they are good guys. Their whole the whole thing that Warren Ellis did was. It the was anti-heroes at best, Dave. Anti- they are anti-heroes, yes, especially like Midnighter um, was. But Apollo is pretty much a Superman analog. Nah, he can he can also get angry enough and just like smash yeah. someone through a wall and kill them and, and well, blow their brains out. You know, man. Like we'll I have, have to enough authority, Dave. 
Well, I'm just trying to remember what the engineer was. That was what I was trying to find out while we were talking here. And she's like liquid metal. The the engineer. Where the fuck is the engineer? Yeah, she's in the this? silver chick, man. She's, she's the one the who was. Chick. I think she was banging um, mm. uh, the city dude. Fuck, what's his name? Hawkmore. Um, Hawkmore. Hawkmore. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know my authority. <laughs> I'm like Hawkmore. I was kind of ashamed to know it straight away. Um, yeah. Anyway, so she's going to be in it, uh, but apparently he was backing away that she's going to be the main villain. She's like, oh, not technically a villain or something. Is what he said. You know, um, maybe an antagonist of some sort. Uh, Nicholas, oh, Jesus Christ! I wish they would just make a fucking Wildstorm movie or Authority Please. movie and just like not bring them into the DC. Like I don't know why they ever did that. Yeah, well they were in their like, own just, universe. The characters were better outside of the yes. DCU. You yeah, actually, that's a good point, Richard. They were. Yeah, I, I forget that they were. Yeah, they were in their own universe. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wildstorm universe. Yeah, they were way better there. Way better without having a. Like, they're better there. Because in the universe, they are the Justice League. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If they come into the DCU, then they are not the top dogs anymore. Because now the Justice League is the top dogs. I don't know why they, with all these fucking multiverses, I don't know why they just didn't put them in Universe 41 or something. You know? Like, I I don't know why. What's the point of having a multiverse if all the characters are in one? You know what is the point? I don't even I don't even understand the point then. Um, well, yeah, what, exactly. What is the point of bringing back the multiverse if you put in everyone on one fucking planet? They he does want to do an authority <laughs> movie. He does want yeah. to do an authority movie as well. So maybe this is a lead into that. You know, like a little a little bit of it in yeah, Superman Legacy. Also, Nick Holt is Lex Luthor. Nick Holt who plays Beast in X Men, and I actually enjoy Nick Holt's work. So he is Lex Luthor. What do you think, Lexi baby man? You happy? Mm. <laughs> yeah, it could be okay. I mean, he, he would look pretty young. He'd look like a pretty young Lex Luthor because even though I know he's not like super young, he looks young. Sure, yeah. He'd be probably 40. He's got a very young yeah. face. He does so, have a young face. Okay. But what about if you take the hair off? He's bald. He's probably going to yeah, age him. Sure probably going to age him. Yeah. Um, well, maybe it's Lexi back in Zoo Boys Day. <laughs> back in Smallville. Yeah, well, I don't know what they're doing because I mean they have said they're going for a younger, not young, but a younger. Yeah, Superman maybe well, like in the guy. late twenties or something like that. Yeah, um, Jimmy Olsen has also been cast. It's the geeky kid from San Clarita Diet, who actually is no, a good casting. Stock horror. They actually got a freckle faced ginger. I am shocked. I'm actually very happy because I I know this kid's work and it's actually reasonably high quality. He's, he's actually decent. he's actually perfectly cast. Uh, yeah. I've not seen this level of perfect casting since the original mm. uh, Jimmy Olsen was cast for the the Superman movie. Yeah, um, back in the day, I cannot remember that actor's name, but he was perfect. No, he was Jimmy perfect. Olsen. I know the actor you're talking about. He was perfect. Um, yeah, I agree. This and... kid, perfect as well. He's just got this goofy grin. Um, uh, I think he was in a. Was he in a? Not just a Santa Cruz, it was something else he was in with, like a, a Andy Sudeikis or something like that. Like um, He wasn't or... something else of note, but I, I haven't seen it. But, um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I know the kid, and I was like, perfect. My God, he actually fucking got something right. So that that has given me a, like a, a smidgen. And when I say a smidgen, I mean I'm holding my fingers so close together uh, yeah. for the, the measurement of hope that I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know... Um, Maybe, you know, James Gunn's got, you know, hopefully he, you know, has some better ideas than the previous administration, you know? 
you know, like... I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's almost impossible not to, but that's then again, exactly right. that. Then, then the people do say, hold my beer for a reason, so... I think it'll be better than what came before. How how much better is the is the concern, <laughs> you know? Well, again, again, if, yeah, if your bar's, like, at the bottom of the ocean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, you could be better. It doesn't mean that it it's... Um, it's good. ...the best. Like, it no. doesn't mean it's, like, what you wanted, so... They're front-loading a lot into the Superman Legacy. Are you... I feel like I'm hoping they're not making that same mistake where they're trying to cram everything into this that is going to be the, mm. the, the, the springboard for the, for the universe. It's like, let, can we let's just focus on fucking Superman? Well, I'm going right? to make a comment. Let's get Superman right and yeah. then worry about how you build your fucking world. Just get Superman right first. And I'm going to make a comment, and this might surprise you. I don't want to see Batman in the first movie. You know? No, I don't want to see Batman. I want to see Wonder Woman. I want to see the Justice League. I don't want to see anyone. I just want to see Superman and make me care about him. Right? I, I would be open. The Superman and then you can start doing that. I would be open to a tiny bit of Wonder Woman. That's about it. But I but no, no. I, I don't want any um, Batman in, in the first movie. Yeah, because I think it's been done to death. You know? Um, yeah, again, I don't want any of anyone, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. We'll see what happens. Um, Tomb Raider news. What happens when you have one of the biggest box office bombs of the year in Hollywood? You get a promotion. Um, <laughs> Megan McConnell, the scriptwriter of the Marvels, has been picked to write the new Tomb Raider TV show on Amazon Prime. Oh, sorry, there's my dog going crazy. He's just going nuts. Um, yeah, so because in Hollywood, you, you just fall upwards, higher, further and faster. Um, so yeah, like, uh, everyone, regardless of how good or bad it is, the Marvels has bombed. Um, yeah, I was going to put this in the news, but then it was already in the news that, uh, I saw that, yeah, the, the writer got, um, got tapped for the, uh, the, the Laura, Laura Croft, the Laura Croft. And I was just like, I don't get it. I honestly don't. Yeah. Also, I'm not saying yeah. that you should be blacklisted. I'm not saying that you, um, should never work. You know what I mean? Sure. But maybe maybe that meant that you weren't ready for prime time. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. it meant that you should work on some smaller, mm. you know, uh, movies or something, but then to be handed another mm. big franchise, I just go, I don't get that. That I just don't get. And a franchise that needs a lift as well. Like to Tomb Raider, the last Tomb Raider movie didn't, wasn't a smash hit, you know? Like it, mm -hmm. it kind of came and it went, it was, it probably may have slightly oh, broken it. Super forgettable. Yeah. Super. I'm just looking at the Marvel's box office. A lot, like, wow. The Marvel's box office right now internationally is $169 million. I, I'm standing by my prediction it might not reach $300 million worldwide. Like, it's, you know how these movies die, man? You know what I mean? Like, these movies, they die a death now these days. They're, they're, it's not like in the old days where they just hang around in cinemas and clock up, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, like back in the old days, man. Like, like these, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, they, 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 they kind of exit cinemas pretty quickly. And I, I, I'm not saying it won't make 300. And, and, and even quicker when it's uh, been an actual flop. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're keen to watch it. It's like, get it out there, get it on streaming. We, you know what I mean? We need, we, we need to get uh, make room for something that's going to make us money. Like, just get it out of there. Do you think it'll make 300 million worldwide? Oh, shit. Um, well, yeah. It depends on how, if they leave it. Um if they leave it for a couple of weeks, I think maybe it could scrape that. Mm. Um, but if they if they get it out of there, like fuck it, get it out. Well, and... look at this. 
Honor Among Thieves made two hundred and eight, which was which was very disappointing because they were hoping for at least five hundred million there. Made two hundred and eight, and you know it, it, it was considered a flop, and it had a thirty seven million dollar opening weekend. Um, Marvel's had a forty six billion dollar opening weekend, but that had a massive drop. And you know, like it, it's only sitting on seventy two million domestically. That's after domestic forty six billion opening, so it's. You know, it hasn't even made thirty million more um, since the opening. So I don't know, man. Like it's yeah, like it's it, it is possible that I could be completely wrong. But I I think it's gonna if it makes three hundred, it will struggle there. You know, Again, I just I just want to say mm. <laughs> we've had this conversation before. I feel mm. I feel vindicated, right? Because when the first movie came out and it made a billion dollars. Right, in the original, yeah, 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 and everyone said to me like, "See, you, it proves that you know, it, you know, it's got the the the, the audience, and you know, uh, people like the character, and mm. you know what I mean. It's it, it's a successful movie." And I was like, "No, no, no, no." I said, "My attitude was, this was the MCU's first female-led movie, right? And they purposely piggybacked off of the the. Oh, they definitely did that. Yeah." The, the, but I'll go a step further, and I'll say that I honestly believe that they bought tickets to get it over that billion so that they yeah. can claim over DC, right, that they were the first ones to have a female-led whatever. Because the reason I say that is Black Panther made a billion dollars, right? Yeah. The second movie didn't, but the second movie didn't bomb. Mm. No, yeah. Right? So, I mean, the second movie, I think, still made, what was it, like, seven, eight hundred yeah, million yeah, or no, something? Yeah, no, it did okay. The second one, yeah. In, in the ballpark. Now, it didn't make it. Now, again, you could also say, well, maybe, you know, with Chadwick Boseman's passing, maybe less people were interested and less people were interested in the Shuri and all this sort of stuff. Sure. But this movie has got the same actress as the first movie. And if you're telling me it made a billion dollars, then that means the people that you tricked... Yeah. The few people you did trick and then the others you bought the tickets to beef it up. This shows you how badly the first one would have fucking probably done had it not had that that um, those two things going for it. Because yeah. you've even created more people into this. You've put Samuel Jackson in and again, for mm. God's sakes, to try and like prop it up and all yeah. that. Like, I'm sorry, but to, to drop from a billion to like, as you say, not even probably make 300 million. Like, that's a... Jesus, like I've never heard of that. Have you heard of a movie that's come out, mm. a sequel to a movie that's made a billion dollars? Now, the no. lot of sequels don't live up to the originals, but I don't know of any sequel that has made like a quarter, yeah, or less of what the original. Made. I can't think of any off the top of my head, um, especially not in recent years. Often, sequels that aren't as good make more money. Because the original was a hit, and they capture a lot of audience, a lot of audience <laughs> yeah, in the opening week. Want to make less, or maybe the movie's just so bad that word of mouth stops it from making a lot of money. But I've never heard of a movie, a sequel doing like a quarter. No, no. Well, this will be a third. And, and as we discussed, maybe she won't even make a quarter, but a quarter of the first movie—that's just unheard of in my uh, in my brain. I don't even. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, like everything's against them, though. Now, now, I'm sorry, but if this doesn't show Marvel, not just the, the Marvel MCU, but Marvel, the comics, that people just don't fucking like this character, uh -oh. that this character will never be the face of Marvel, I don't know what more you need, honestly. No, you're right. I mean, 
there's a lot of things, um, some of which we've discussed before. A lot of it is timing. Um, the timing of that first movie was perfect. Perfect. It was marketed extremely well. Everything was going up for them at that moment. Everything since Endgame has trended down in terms of interest, in terms of numbers, uh, people Yeah, getting, but I mean, you know, but not to this level, though. This is the first... I think this is the first crash and burn. Like, yeah, yeah it's all treated, as I said. Uh, 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 Wakanda Forever didn't, you know, make as much as the first one, but it still made money. Um, yes, did uh, Quantum Mania not, like, um, you know, do super great? Sure, but the Ant-Man movies have never done, like... Yeah, they've always been lesser. You know, a gajillion dollars. So it was still at least in the ballpark of what, like, Ant-Man movies do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Thor Love and Thunder... Terrible movie, but I mean, it still did okay in the box office. Now, again, to be fair, I don't think people were expecting it to be such a bad movie. So it'd be interesting to see what the next Thor movie, if they make one, is going to do. Yeah. But this is the first one that's actually like bombed, bombed. Like, I mean, like, not even gotten out of the gate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, the race has started and it's still in the stocking block. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Looking lost and confused. Like, <laughs> I don't. It's 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 shocking to me how badly this movie has done. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, and, and it's not me. Sorry, Stephen King. It's not me gloating or that. I'm literally. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm. I'm dumbfounded by just how Marvel lies to themselves about this character. And I'm not saying that she's not allowed to exist. And I'm not saying that she can't have her fans, right? But she's not the face of. A company. She's Ooh, not Captain the face Marvel. of a brand. Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah, she's not the face of Marvel. Are you kidding? No, but they want her to be. Is my point. They've yeah. been trying to push her to be like you know the the. Oh yeah. They're trying to make her bigger than Iron Man and Captain America. And ever ever since really Kelly Sudeikonik um came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've really been pushing that. You know, and 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 the, you know that they were going to try and do it in two. Right with with uh, uh, with the original Avengers sort of all going away. Yeah, they, obviously the plan was for her to come in and be the the big number one uh, face in their crowd. But people are like we don't want her. Yeah, it's interesting. Now, I don't know. And to be fair, it could also be a double whammy of uh, the characters just also not that interesting, especially with the way that she's written in the comics and the way she's written in the movie. And also part of it could also be the Brie Larson is a little bit unlikable. Yeah. Like she's very, yeah. she's very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not toxic, but she's unengaging. Very, um, she's very unengaging. But also, then she engages like when she feels attacked. Like the the most famous one I saw was when her, Chris Hemsworth and Don Cheadle. Remember, they were sitting the three of them and they're getting interviewed, mm. and she was sitting in the middle, and you could tell that these two guys didn't like her. Right. Right. Uh, try and find the interview, right? Who is it? Cheadle and who? They'll, they'll make a comment, right? And then she'll like snap back something. And you would literally see Don Cheadle or Chris Hemsworth like roll their eyes or like, yeah. like make these faces or like fucking, you know what I mean? And you know what I mean? Like, and then she was like, I don't know. Like, there's something about her I think that puts people off. Well, she's always struck me as a bit of a cold fish, you know? And that's a double whammy. Do you know what I mean? Because. You know, Kelly Sudeikonik's not a good writer. <laughs> he doesn't write interesting characters. So you, you take someone like Brie Larson and then you make it... Like, 
for Captain Marvel, they needed someone with charisma. Yeah, yeah. They, they needed to have an actress who was just charming, charismatic, that people would love to sure. compensate for the fact that you've got such a dud character. That you've got uh, I mean, character that if I was going to... Like, I don't... I just find it a very bland character. And I do find... The actress is, is... She's kind of that Ice Queen style of acting. You know, it's okay, but it's it's not... I don't love it or hate it. It's, it, it's nothing. It's just sort of like... I don't... Well, it's funny yeah. because she's only been in one movie where she's actually shown that she's an actress, right? And that was... Uh, I think it's called uh, Room. Right. Okay. Um, that movie is kind of the movie that put her on the map. And in that movie, she emotes, she acts. Right. She gives a performance. Okay. But in everything else, she's literally just like a dead fish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have strong feelings on it either way. I kind of enjoyed the first movie for what it was. Uh, I, I, I give it an 8 out of 10, the original. But I also do feel that, like, brutally, brutal honesty with the market, the market doesn't care very much about any of those characters. Like... All of them are just kind of like... I know they want us to say Camilla Khan is like the future, blah, blah, blah. But, like, she's okay. Um, no one cares about Black Captain Marvel. Like, she's unknown to the, the, to the mass public. We just don't know who she is. Um, Camilla Khan, they've tried to push. She's likeable enough, but it's it, it, that's it, that's all it is. And Brie Larson, Captain Marvel, we've kind of seen enough of her. It's... it's boring you know the movie wasn't marketed at all well um other than telling us we're all bad people if we didn't go see it you know that's the impression i got from the marketing campaign you know if you you're just a sexist racist if you don't go but, see yeah, this, but this yeah but this is the problem and they've this is the problem that they've done i personally feel for every female character mm. since um the the avengers ended right mm. Or almost came to well, I like um, Scarlett Johansson on Black Widow. Always have. No, no, no. Forget about her. She started before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. She doesn't count. I'm talking about the ones that have come after. Sure. The problem is that they have... It's not just that they have no personality. They have no character arc. Yeah. They basically start there. perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Tony Stark started as a... Lord. Narcissistic, yeah, yeah, yeah. selfish, yeah. indulgent... Billionaire, but it made him interesting. It actually made him interesting. And he had to overcome that. He never did it successfully, Mm. right? Like it's not like he was like, "Oh, I've got to be a better person now." I'm just a boy scout. No, No. he struggled with it. He always had that edge. Narcissism always came through. Steve, he's a guy out of time who feels out of place, who doesn't can't seem to make friends. You know what I mean? Like it's it's something that makes him interesting. It, when, when you write it correctly, you're right. Mm. Yeah. It, but the problem with, say, like your Captain Marvels and, 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 and your Camilla, they're kind of just kind of perfect. It's everyone else has got the problem. Yeah. In, in Camilla Khan's defense, I've watched the show. She's okay. Like, it's interesting enough. But uh, the problem is, Rich, it's not interesting enough for me to shell out 20, 25 bucks. You know? It's. It, no, it, no, but that's what I mean. Like, there's nothing that. that um, motivate you to care about the characters what i'm saying i'm not saying she's got to have some flaw what i mean is there's nothing there for i believe people to latch on to to care i actually also think actually if i'm i actually think the drag on this movie has been captain marvel and brie larson i i, I think the audience has kind of turned on her a lot this movie was never going to be huge 
Um, and certainly a Ms. Marvel movie wouldn't be massive, but I do think that actress and that character would have, <coughs> excuse me, have a bit more goodwill if it wasn't dragged down by an overly self-serious Captain Marvel, Brie Larson, like, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have strong feelings. I don't really care. But I do think that something in the perception of the character um, has dragged the movie down. Did you see, I don't know what the, her name is, but some, the, 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 the chick that plays Camilla Khan, mm. someone asked her, like, oh, you know, how do you feel about... Um, you know, the movie not doing too well and all that. And she literally turned and said, yeah, that's a Feige problem, not me. I don't no, care. No, she did say that. Yeah, she yeah, you know, gave a decent response there. Like, at the end of the day, there's only so much they can do, you know. Um, you know, the movie's disappointed. Like, and Marvel know they've got a problem. You know, it's the, the, the bean counters know they've got a problem. It's None of this is a surprise. Like, they would, no, they, no, they would have I'm, all I'm the predictions. I agree with her. Yeah. That is a Feige problem. Maybe Feige is. is the problem and Feige needs to go. Maybe mm. maybe it's time for someone else to come in there with maybe fresher, newer ideas that might maybe. be willing to shake it up a bit, Yeah, try something a bit different. You know, maybe Feige is the problem. Maybe it is his problem. Well, it's definitely his problem. You would hope he could never get out of it. I don't know. Um, I also think part of the problem is they've oversaturated the market like with a very similar product like, over a short span of time. Audiences are caring less. Um, it's feeling less and less yeah, essential. I, I, I agree with you, but also disagree with you. I don't believe that you can oversaturate a market um, if it's quality. Oh, you can definitely oversaturate. You, you no, can, yeah. I, if, you, if you put out two, three movies a year of quality, I don't think that... I don't think that hurts you. But they're doing more than that. They're doing TV no, shows as well. That's my point. I don't necessarily think that like the saturation is the problem. I think it's just the level of quality for what they're putting out. Because remember mm. what I said, they're not putting out quality, they're just putting out content. True. So all the shows, all the movies, it's not quality, it's just content. That's true. They have to have something because they're like, we well, need yeah. content. They certainly haven't oversaturated with quality. They've certainly not done that. They've, exactly, yeah. I would say they've saturated with average to below average. For, for about two years, you know, either very average or slightly below average, and they've just done a lot of it. And I think that does actually end up killing, you know, your the golden goose a little bit. It's certainly the goose is very sick right now. She might not be officially dead, but it's sick, you know. And, and oh, okay, yeah, it's definitely it needs a it needs a vet. It does need a vet. <laughs> um, there was a good point here. Wait, wasn't there supposed to be a Tomb Raider animated series on Netflix, which I was actually excited by? because somebody thought it would be good for the brand to be in direct competition with itself on two different streaming services. Amazon reportedly is leasing the rights to Tomb Raider from Embracer Group for a mere $600 million. All three previous Tomb Raider films, including Angelina Jolie, have had a worldwide box office of around $708 million combined. Yeah, I, I mean... Don't, I don't see that as, as competing with each other, though. If one's no. a live action and one's an animated... Sure. I mean, yes, does it make more sense to put on the both? But at the end of the day, they're not footing the bill. Like, yeah. So this was for you didn't put this news item in then, if I assume. This month, this no, no, no. But what I'll say this is, I mean, it could be a bit smart. Get Netflix to do it, right? Mm. And you've got this anime, and then maybe after so many years it comes to Amazon or something like that? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We don't know what their backdoor deal, but I don't see a live action and an animation as competition. For well, they the could be complementary. You know, I'll be honest with you, Netflix is basically becoming a, just another anime network. Like, honestly, it's 
I, I see. I go whenever I have gone on for Netflix. There's so much anime mm. and animated product on there. I don't even see it as Netflix anymore, like the the movie and, and TV show plays. I literally just see it as a, like another anime. Really, I'm not <laughs> watching any of it, man. I'm watching zero of and Netflix at the moment. I haven't even looked at my Netflix for. If there's, oh, there's one thing I'm watching on Netflix uh, uh, called Pluto, and it is wonderful. Okay. The only thing it's I've watched. It's basically an adult version, a grown up adult version, very um, uh, mature con- of uh, Astro Boy, basically. It's the best way to describe it. Wow. I used to love Astro Boy. I was hoping it might be um, Mickey's dog, you know? Wasn't he Pluto? The hell is Mickey's dog? Didn't Mickey have a dog called Pluto? Mickey Mouse? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. That, sorry. I wasn't even thinking Disney. I don't know. I was like, what? Didn't Mickey, Mickey Mouse have a dog called yes. Pluto? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That was just so out of left field for me. I yeah. wasn't even thinking Disney. Well, yeah, I was like, wow. When you said Pluto, I was like, wow, is Pluto getting a run here? And he's not even on Disney Plus, but no. <laughs> um, what do you think of this? Gene Colan and Marv Wolfman's Blade gets a spotlight in the brand new Blade, the early years omnibus. Now, Richard, it collects all the early Chimera Dracula appearances of Blade and stuff. Is this actually good shit or is this really bad stuff? Like, have you read any of this stuff? I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I, I don't. I've not read that much Blade in my life, so mm. I don't know if these are any good. I would probably imagine it's probably the best Blade stuff that's mm. compared to like a lot of the yeah. the stuff. Well, along with Wolfman and Colin, the Omnibus contains work by Chris Claremont, Steve Gerber, Roger Stern, big names. Then it gets down to names: Marcus McLaren, P. Craig Russell, to- Tony Desanunga, Ricky. It goes on and on. Like. You know, it goes down to people you've never heard of, like Al Williamson, Jackie Abel. They sound like ball players. Jackie Abel. <laughs> you know, like uh, it comes. It, it, it starts off strong with your Roger Stearns, your Chris Claremont, and it gets down to guys like uh, Joseph Adelila. Never heard of him. Um, the question. Oh, could you? The question is: Does Dave purchase this one blind? Do I go in blind with all this blade, man? I've made some mistakes in my life, and this could be a mistake. So I'm tempted to say no, thank you to this one it's sadly I could not answer that for you bro because I just I've never collected really blade could you buy so. it for me read it and then tell me if it's worth buying <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very expensive yeah, uh, just, review yeah you just all you need to do is you buy it you read it and then you tell me if it's worth buying <laughs> that's all, all right, I'll, I'll start saving up and uh, give you my review in about two years save up for that inflated price um, yeah, we, we covered this. Marvel dropped 79%. Wow, that's a big drop. It, Marvel's dropping in one week. Wow. Um, which beat, <laughs> unfortunately, beat Ant-Man's latest outing of 67%. Hunger Games mm. prequel, which I'm getting excited by, um, tops the week with an underperforming 44 mil, but it did top the week. Now, have you seen the Napoleon movie yet, Rich, or are you catching it this week coming? No, no we're watching it next week, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try and watch it this week. So that by next week I'll have a review, okay? No, well, that's what I mean. Sorry, ne- next week. Yeah, because okay. it's Sunday today, so next week is tomorrow. Yeah, the holy day. Sunday, the holy day. Yeah, mm. it's the day that Jesus. We're probably going to go on Wednesday or Thursday. Are you aware that Jesus rose on Sunday? <laughs> Did he? Well, who's, I, okay, but okay, but uh, uh, follow up to that question: day. Who's Jesus? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the saviour. Dude, you are such a Drax. Like, seriously. like. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, so, our saviour, our Lord. It just goes so over your head. Yeah. I don't think he rose every Sunday. I think he just did it once. But it would be kind of cool if he did it every Sunday. You know, as a Sunday kind of like 
gimmick. Well, you've got to get up from that rest, eh? He rolled the boulder away, man. I know. See, I remember my Catholic school. He rolled the boulder away, my friend. And they came in, and the room was empty, and the boulder was free. And he, they were just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that was the first case of zombies. <laughs> and, then zombies and then he came out as a zombie and killed them. Um, this is entertaining. Daryl Hall of Hall & Oates has taken a restraining order against John Oates. I have gone deep. <laughs> I've gone deep on this story. It's all to do, yeah. Hall and Oates, man, who were performing together as recently as like last year. Um, apparently, one guy does all the writing and owns all the rights. And there's it, it, guess what? They're suing each other over money. And um, what a surprise! It's money, buddy. Yeah. Um, I love these taking a restraining order out against him. Like, mm. I also don't know which one is which. Like. You know, I have no idea. I know who they are, I, like Hall and Oates, but I, I've never kind of. If I was shown each of them, I'm not sure which one's Hall or which one's Oates. You know? Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, it's interesting. Man Eater, man. Remember that classic? Mm hmm. Yeah, wow. And they're still rolling, and, and now they're fighting over money. And doesn't it always wind up over cash, Rich? I think you just. Oh, uh, man. I mean, just goes to show you um, inflation, bro. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Yeah, if this is interesting. Uh, the Witcher author says Netflix never listened to his ideas for the show, and he also laughed it off, mm. saying it's normal. You know, he just said he went there with a few ideas. They just basically completely ignored him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but th this is just again, I'm. This proves to me, and, and not this, but I mean, again, it's just another thing that proves that um, they only care about the IP, the the yeah. name. They yeah. don't actually care about uh, being true to it Faithful. they don't care about accuracy they don't they don't care about yeah. like um yeah, doing it justice all they care about is that ha makes money because people know the name yeah we want the name and we can do our own fucking show because that's easier than trying to that's easier than trying to work out how to make yours into a tv show because yeah. that takes way more effort do you know what i mean if you take in a book you got to try and figure out what can you shoot, how can you shoot it, you know what I mean? Uh, how can you pull it off? If you write your own script, doesn't give a fuck, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. But all they care about is the title Witcher, you know? No, that's what it is. They, all they care about is the IP. They don't care right. about being true, faithful, whatever, bringing it to life. They're like, nah, it's just the name, man. Yeah. It's bums on seats. Yeah, I know, but like... It's disappointing, you know. Like, it is. Uh, yeah, I also think fuck these showrunners it's who. But not surprising. No, it's not surprising. Fuck these showrunners though, who, like, he's the guy who created it, like, you know, yeah. and and wrote all these oh, books, that's, like. That's why they hated uh, Henry Cavill, and then they were trying to convince people that Henry Cavill yeah. was the awesome. Yeah, yeah, they were. They were desperate to, to what do you call it? Like, sort of like uh, gaslight him, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh no, we, we that's not us. He's the asshole. He's the demanding one. He's hard to work with, and all that sort of crap." And you're like, "Meanwhile, mm. they're ignoring the author completely and just completely." Yeah, like, here's the problem, right? Especially again from nerd culture, everyone knows that um, Henry Cavill is a massive, beefy, bulky nerd. Yeah, right. Everyone knows he cares about nerd property and culture. Yeah. So there's no ways. If you're telling me that there was a fight and Henry Cavill was the one that was pushing for them to be more in line with the book, mm. I would be more inclined to believe that. 
than you trying to say, oh, he's a prima donna, you know, you know I mean, he's um, he's been difficult to work with. And I'm like, mm, yeah, if you don't want to be faithful to the fucking property and he's yeah. the big nerd and he's pushing on set. It, yeah, he's pushing it um, to be more faithful and they're just like, no, 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 no. We want to do our own crazy whacked out shit. As the viewing uh, numbers fall off a cliff, by the way, too, you know? Yeah, I, at this point, I don't even know if uh, what's his name is actually going to get uh, an out in Liam Hemsworth. Which uh, the, the yeah, Liam Hemsworth. I don't even know if they, we can even see the light of day. He's <laughs> <laughs> coming in off the bench. He's coming in off the bench to fill a role. He's like an understudy. He's yeah, finally... it's like being off the bench, but there's only like a minute of the game to go. <laughs> there's there's about ten people on the stands, and then you don't even touch the ball, and then it's game over. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, Spider-Man 4 is rumoured to be a Venom crossover. I, I pray to sweet Jesus and also the dark gods that it is. Oh, please. Oh, please hear my prayers. Please. I need this Venom crossover, man. I need it, Rich. You know? If you say so. My whole life, I've been waiting for one thing. A proper Spider-Man Venom movie. You know? Um, could it be, Richard? Could I finally get what I fucking want? And dare I say what I deserve? as well. I think I fucking am entitled to one. You know, I've, I've, I've waited long enough. I've sat through a lot of shit. You know what I mean? A lot of fucking half-baked shit. And finally, could I be getting the Venom? And I love those Venom movies. You know yeah. I love the Venom movies. Mix that up with Spider-Man. The, the hijinks, Rich, that we could get. Can you imagine them? Yeah. Come on, man. I don't know. The problem yeah. is it's, it's, it's already kind of ruined because... No. Um, there's no animosity. There'll be plenty when they meet. No, but in uh, in the comics, obviously, the reason that Eddie hates him so much is they have a history, Fire. and he blames Peter for his firing. But that could happen. And he's he's been black. No, but well, one they're from different Earths. So I'm just saying it's <laughs> really more difficult, and it's really sort of lacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What made the original special. So I mean, fingers crossed, but. Uh, they're gonna to have to really write themselves out of a uh, out of that hole, dude. I fucking need it, man. I'm like a junkie on the fucking street who needs that. Yeah, hit, that's you know, the, that's I, definitely accurate. I fucking need it, man. Like fuck everything else. I need this, you know, more than anything in the world. I've got the World Cup. I'm sleeping with it every night, but I'm greedy. I want that Spider-Man Venom fucking crossover classic movie. I want people to look back years from now and go, "That was a fucking classic. That was a banger," you know. And Dave's happy. Look at Dave. He's so happy. He's got his World Cup and his Spider-Man Venom Blu-ray under his arms. He's sleeping soundly at night. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you need to sleep soundly at I night, do, man. Dave, I hope you get it. I do, man. I need it, man. Like, um, now, JMS uh, is also similar to me, who was confused over the villain in the new Wadam Med Wadam Madam Web trailer. <laughs> I, I, I watched this trailer... Am I the only one who was like, why does this look like a really evil version of Spider-Man? Like, I was like, wow. it did look very Spider-Man-esque. I thought, anyway. Did you not think that when you watched the trailer, that villain that was just carving shit up? Mm, not, not really, but I just thought that they're trying to make every character Spider-related. So okay. Now, um, there was all these people... Saying it's definitely this is Jameis, it's definitely the character I created for Spidey, but it feels like they may have merged it with Morland for a bit. Don't ask for details because this is the first time hearing of it, so my guess is as good as yours. Morland 
was a flat-out villain who was on a rampage against Spider-Man and or was actually beating him. Ezekiel was, in, from my memory, the older guy who sort of protected and sheltered Spider-Man and trained him up in the original storyline. I don't remember Ezekiel being very bad. He was kind of mysterious. Um, Morlin, who's he saying it is? Why are you expecting them to be even remotely comic book accurate? No, 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 but, but he's saying he's confused. He's saying it's definitely the character I created for Spidey. Does he mean it's Ezekiel? Because it seemed nothing like Ezekiel. It seemed more like Morlin. Like, Morlin was like flat out evil as fuck, trying to kill Spider-Man. And this character in the trailer was just on a rampage. That's like what Morlin was like who JMS created. Mm-hmm. Not like Ezekiel. Have you read the story where Ezekiel's, like, sheltering Spider-Man and blah, blah, blah? And I don't wants, think so. He wants to put him in this, um, like, isolation tank because he can't beat Morlin. Morlin's too strong for him. And he's just on a rampage. And I don't know. I, I, I don't quite understand it. I need to do more research on this, man. I need to go deeper. You know, this is the problem well, with me. I mean, if JM doesn't even understand it, then... Yeah, but, but like, I, don't, I think JM seems confused when he's talking about how it's Ezekiel. I'm like, how is it Ezekiel? Ezekiel wasn't um, massively evil, from, from, from my memory. At least, maybe there's more to the story than I remember. Maybe he turns massively evil. Um, maybe. Or maybe he was evil and turned good, <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, but uh, but I would say to JMS, JMS, this is Morlin, man. If you're if if I don't know, here we go. Look, okay, we we've got some. Okay, guess what? Dave's doing some fucking internet research, and I'm coming up with all sorts of fucking answers. It turns out I'm not the only person on this fucking trail, you know. It turns out we've got a fucking thing called the World Wide Web, and I'm on it. Okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring some news to you, Richard, and I want you to, to take this data and work out what to do with it. I'm just waiting for this fucking page to load. Okay, the first Madam Web trailer introduces Ezekiel Sims, a surprising villain looking to be an evil Spider-Man with very different origins in the comics. Okay, um, a classic character from yeah, the... Yes, I was right. You were right, Richard. Comic- a classic character from the original Marvel comics, Ezekiel, what, as opposed to the non-original Marvel comics? The original Marvel comics, Ezekiel's role in Peter Parker's life saw him helping the web slinger take his first steps into a larger world of destiny and totems. Um, however, um, oh, and then it's come up with this stupid thing where, where, where it's, okay. However, it looks as though Madame Webb's version will have some key differences and likely some darker origins as the movie's primary villain within Sony's Spider-Man universe. It's a markedly different Ezekiel than the one seen on the page. Richard, they're just doing whatever the fuck they want, man. That's what I told you. Wow. So, it turns out, maybe, that JMS knew the name was Ezekiel Sims, and that's why he's like, yes, that's definitely who I created, but they've merged it with Morland. Suddenly, it turned, I flipped. JMS was right, man. Guess what? The creator knew better. You know? Wow. I'm on the fucking... fucking I, I'm on the trail, though. I'm like Lois Lane trying to fucking crack open Watergate. And it turns out some of this information's leaked out already. Wow. I, <laughs> I could have saved myself days of speculation. I was days thinking, well, how is JMS so confused? This is clearly more. 
And I was thinking, how can JMS not know this? As per usual, it was Davey who was the one. I was slightly confused, but I was also right, because then he's like, but they've merged Ezekiel with Morland. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, man. Turns out you were right. Everyone can sleep soundly tonight, because I feel like we've solved the fucking... It's like we've solved the murder. If I was in Agatha Christie... I definitely... Yeah, the murder of uh, comic book accuracy. That's yeah, what's been but if I was like Perot in the, in the Agatha Christie novels, there'd be whole scenes of me getting the murder wrong. You know, like I'd be like, and the murderer is <laughs> Professor Plum with the lead pipe in the courtyard. And they're like, nope. Because you're like, ha ha, let's just see if you're paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he's not. <laughs> they're like, no, Professor Plum was, uh, has a rock solid alibi. I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I see. <laughs> exactly. Yes, I knew that. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. That's right, man. Now, Richard, you have some news, and I need you to walk me through this like I'm a child who is very impressionable and loves Doctor Who. You have some news on Davros. What is happening with Davros? Has he turned good? Is this the big news? No, he's oh, just... Uh, it's 2023, so yes. he needs to be retconned. To, but he's so uh, evil! Like, what, what can happen? He's not, no, no, he's not been reckoned. He's still going to be evil. Good. But he's no longer going to be the sort of blind guy <laughs> in the... Is he blind? In, in the... Yeah, he is. Well, he's... Well, no, okay. He's crippled. Well, he's missing his eyes, but I think he's got the... He's got the, the thing the on his head, eye. yeah. The thing, he can see through the thing um, on his head. But he's also, like... Yeah. All he's and got he's use of is his that, hands. He's in that sort of Dalek wheelchair thing. Yeah, he's in a Dalek, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Davies has decided that um, Russell's and Davies, yeah. That that unfortunately paints uh, uh, oh, like genocide uh, wheelchair sort of um, handicap people in a negative light. Oh, oh, that's his problem. That he's in the chair. Is that mm. is that it? So his problem is that he's handicapped. And so what's he going to do though? He can't people. walk or do anything. No, so he will walk now. He's now been real. Oh. He'll look more normal. What? He'll walk on two legs. Really? Yes. Davros. Davros has never walked. I mean, no, no, excuse me. He he was, a, he was uh, well, I don't know if human's the right word. He was humanoid, but it was, he was, it was an explosion that did all that to him in the wall. Well, from now on, the explosion will have just missed him. And he'll <laughs> keep the function of his... Thing. What? So Davros is now walking around? Yes. Really? That's a big change. So they're getting him out. So I don't know if they're going to... Well, then again, if you give him prosthetic legs, you're still saying something about people with prosthetic legs. So, so he's going to be like... Yeah, um, the only way to get out of it is to give him real legs and say, no, he's... He's going to be able. like... He's going to be like your South African who, who fucking blew his girlfriend away through the... Um, yeah through the toilet door, you know? I mean, I, can I, I, don't, I don't understand this, well, this really weird world that we live in where... I'm confused by the story. People think, people think that if they see some bad guy alien dude yeah. in a thing that looks like a wheelchair, that every person who watches it is going to automatically Be assume like that genocide wheelchairs maniac. are bad. Yeah. Davros is very evil, like, but like also... Is it, yeah. But is it not the most childish fucking thinking? Yeah. You've ever heard in your life? Well, it's also funny because um, they've like what I love is they've used him so many times over the years. It's not like it was a one-off. He's been a fantastic villain. Why? He's, and was, no one has ever. Yeah. I don't think since his inception and his use in the shows that um, able on uh, disabled uh, crimes have gone up. No. 
No, uh, like, uh, okay, I didn't really understand what the news was going to be. I'm, I'm, I'm so stunned that just the thought of Davros walking around is weird. Okay, but and I just, and I just wanted to say to all you guys who said, "Hey, Davies is back. Everything's going to be good now." Mm, you might want to slow your roll. Well, we will be able to do a show because review. He's also being bitten by the uh, the bug, the PC bug. Now we will be able to do a show because the new special has just aired. So we'll be able to do a show review. The next three weeks, there's going to be three specials, and then there's going to be a Christmas special. So we will have some Doctor Who to discuss. I think this was like in a five-minute charity thing or something. Like it was a throwaway, almost like a gag reel. But I believe Russell T Davies did say this is going to be Davros moving forward. Is there any pictures mm-hmm. of it? Like, is he like... I think I did see I'm a so picture. Intrigued. And again, look quite young, full head of hair. Really? Okay, can I geek out for a second? Because I do know a bit about Davros's backstory. In the um, comics, not the comics, in the, in the show, in Genesis of the Daleks, which is his first appearance on screen in 74, which is when Tom Baker's Doctor goes back to literally the Genesis of the Daleks and Davros is the evil creator. Okay, the, the backstory, having read one of the novels, I'm not sure if it comes up in the show it probably does, but definitely was in the novelization. He got crippled and blinded and just basically just fucked up from an explosion, like mortar attack or something, on his laboratory during the war with the Calads and the Thals, yeah? On Scaro. But also, that chair that he designed, do you realize that's how he also then kept going to create the Dalek mechanism? So, so there's, there's a reason why his chair looks exactly like a Dalek. Yeah, because it's the, the tech that he was developing comes from that chair mixed in with other shit. So that chair is essential that to means, the Daleks. That means they're going to have to do something with the Daleks because technically the Daleks are humanoids in fucking chairs. Well, they're little... Um, uh, they're almost like little crabs, you know? Like they're tiny yeah, they little... they can walk around on their, by themselves. So technically... They need these chairs, which makes them disabled. Yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, they're, they're little mutated things which live inside the... I mean, it's been shown in the show many times. When you crack open a Dalek, there's like a little crabby thing in yeah, the Yeah, it looks like some weird starfish thing. Like a starfishy saying, kind of thing, yeah. By these standards, they are... Well, um, you know, they, they are disabled. They can, they can. I mean, I've seen them when they come out, and they're like almost like face suckers and stuff. And th- there are, there are appearances of you do see every now and then like a Dalek it come out of the Dalek, but usually it's when the Dalek's destroyed and it's just in there dead. Right. Uh, I just uh, I linked you the. Oh, um, Is there a picture? picture I need to see a picture of the of new this. of the new Davros. What? It's just a guy. Yeah, it just looks like a Nazi guy. But can I say this? Before the explosion, that is kind of what he would have looked like. Yeah, but this is how he's going to look going forward now, apparently. I don't get it. How can they even recon that? Because, like, he's been mm-hmm. around... Because Doctor Who is a continuous story. So how are they going to recon it if it's not a prequel? Like, if you went back in time... Yeah, they probably have the Doctor go back and change it so that uh, the other stuff still happens, but he's not in the chair anymore. Well, like I did, think it's stupid. explosion didn't fuck him up, but he still developed maybe... He still developed technology. Blood. I mean, that is a way to, to sort of do it if you if you yeah. fuck up time. But also, can I say they're taking away one of the most distinctive rogues they have? Then, and he just becomes another. 
2023, buddy. That's crazy. They don't, they don't care. They're idiots. Like, and what's hilarious is they have mined Davros to death for decades. Ever since 74 when he debuted. Oh. Like And I just want to say, I'm sorry, I I I cannot think of any petitions, any threads, any new stuff about um mm. people in wheelchairs complaining about Davros. And demand. Oh no, that no, I've never heard this. It yeah. changed. So again, I ask you. You say that this is. Uh, uh, it looks bad in the place, but who has said that? Other well, it's than, so cartoonish as well. Who are now thinking and deciding things for disabled people? Who has said that? I mean, it's also such an over-the-top presentation of Davros. It's fucking childish, man. It's so fucking like, childish. No, but what I'm saying is the 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 thing with Davros. Is it so wildly cartoonish anyway? You know, he's a full-on, like, master villain in his, like, black, like, leather fucking suit. And he's, you know, he's always like, yeah, yeah, you know, I would kill you, Doctor. And he's like, yeah, you know, like, half dead. Um, I mean... Now he just looks like a, a space Nazi. Yeah, which is what he was before the fucking explosion. No, but, but I mean, you know, now he just looks like... Yeah. I, I, a German I, officer. It just looks like a Nazi officer. Well, and I will say like, this. Okay, you've... Yeah, but now he's lost the whole, like, that yeah, fucking mistake. weird face he had with the yeah. fucked up eyes and the nose. And I the always thought he was a great villain. And... Great villain. Um, I've, I've always considered Davros one of... Also, he's always been... This is going to sound so fucking stupid that I'm going to say this, but he's been one of the most uh, capable villains Doctor Who, the Doctor has ever had. Like, he's... He goes beyond just Villain of the Week. He has always been a flat-out, like, hardcore, you know, real problem kind of thing. Like, he's been almost as big a problem as the Master, you know? Mm. Um, and this is going to sound stupid, but, like, in a way, you know, as villains go, he's been so fucking good at it as a, as a character that it's almost like, how could you... It's not like he's been depicted comically, you know? Them, you know, I don't know. No, he's been he's been quite a threat. Been a massive threat over the Maybe. over the years. Maybe that's the problem, you know. Wow, I'm seeing pictures here of people like cosplaying as Davros, and it looks pretty awesome. And and like now, it's like, oh, you can't do that. Again, I just want them to tell me who are the people that complain. That's that's. I just want to. What, what's hilarious? Oh, dude, this is so funny. You know, whilst we're like, oh, we're so fucking like, you know, we we care so much. I'm looking at a fucking BBC. Monster collection called Davros, and it's got a picture of Davros looking as evil as possible. <laughs> and it's like, it's you know, like they're marking the fuck out of the original Davros, like you wouldn't believe. Like they've they've got there's so much product that I'm just looking at on a, a search on Google. There's there's Funko Pops. There's all sorts of shit going on. And then now you're telling me they're turning around and they're going to be like, no more Davros. You know, like, and you're all just bastards for like him in the first place I can't believe they're doing this to Davros, they're really fucking Davros over, I've always not liked but admired Davros for his pure genius, his evil genius well they need to be careful because if I remember correctly, isn't the creator of the Cybermen also disabled mm, I'm not even sure uh, like, the Cybermen became... I mean, I'm going on old-school Doctor Who lore. They were, like, just 
humanoids who replaced no, no, their body parts. Davies, Davies, when he did the sort of the origin did he? Okay. of yeah. the Cybermen, I believe okay. that guy was handicapped or, okay. See, I don't or disabled or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Jesus, Davies, like, what, you did all of a sudden change your mind? Yeah. See, I don't even remember. There's, there's whole elements of the new Doctor Who which I just conveniently forget because sometimes I find them very throwaway. I don't know. Um, it's stupid, though, also, you know. What's hilarious is, like, what I love are these companies and, like, Russell T. Davies, like, oh, it's so horrific that it would ever have, like this. And yet they've been the ones who've milked it since 74. They've milked Davros so many times. And they've pumped Davros up so many. So many and, Dalek stories are about Davros. So Davies is pretty much the only one that really milked him because I don't think any of the other showrunners have really used Davros that much. Uh, yeah. I, I think know. Davies used him the most is what I'm trying to say. Probably, yeah. But even in old Doctor Who, they, they milked no, him as well. About yeah. modern times. Forget about that. Uh. Davies used the, the, the Davros as well. And I think uh. out of the showrunners from when the, it restarted, yeah. I'm pretty sure he used him the most. Yeah, well, it's hilarious. Um, I don't know what to say other than it, it just seems fucking stupid. Um, There's a problem that thinks that they're taking these uh, showrunners and directors uh, and, like, brainwashing them. Yeah, they're taking like, them to the brainwashing yeah. chamber and, like, yeah. Uh, and then they come out going, oh, my God, this is offensive. It's almost like something that would happen in Doctor Who. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You've done all the shit yeah. in the past that you've complained about. How, how long before... Um, I'm surprised during... Um, the anti-police rides, they didn't say that Doctor Who was problematic because it had a police box. <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> Like, what a, what a missed opportunity for the whiners. You know, like, they missed that one. Um, yeah, remember there was that one where they were like, I can't believe it's Spider-Man, the game. You go around helping the police. He's such a fascist. And it's just like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like annihilating muggers. Like, a mugger's good now. Okay, muggers are okay. Um, muggers, muggers are okay until they mug the fucking pathetic little, uh... Muggers Yeah, anti-FIFA hipster loser, and then suddenly it's a problem. Um, now, there was this thing that's come out, Rich, which I'm going to review for next show, Daleks in Colour. They've, uh, colorized the original Dalek episodes from the first four-parter and edited it down to 75 minutes, and they've colorized it. And um, I have a copy of it, and I'm going to do a full review. And they've got a new soundtrack as well, Rich, and a little mm -hmm. bit of new dialogue from one of the Daleks. Um, I believe they brought back a 98-year-old guy who was the original guy, and he's 98 years old, and he did some voicing. Now, I mean, good luck to him if he can just punch out stuff at 98. Can you imagine that? Wow. A 98-year-old man, how is he, like, can you, like, it's so hard, people are so old, can you read this out, oh, yeah, okay, read this out, Grandpa, uh, okay, <laughs> what, what am I, what, no, but it's like, what am I reading, just read this, read this word, he's like, exterminate, louder, exterminate, like, it's like, okay, we got it, yeah, thank you, Grandpa, who are you, why am I here, you know, like, I can only imagine the scenes, in getting a 98 year old. I've never seen a 98 year old who knows what the time is, ever. You know? Like, yeah. uh, I have. I have. have. Okay. Uh, honestly, we get some really old shoppers. Do you really? Um, okay. Yeah, I've. Uh, dude, I had someone come in with their mother. Mm. The son. No, so the daughter was. Looked like she was 78. Wow. Came in with her mother for a new phone. 
And yeah, the mother was like ninety. Jesus. Three or ninety-four or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, good luck to oh, her. Sorry. No. Well, I don't know. That, that's how they looked. Is my point. Like. Yeah, they were old. So, I mean, look, some of them are. But then again, I've I've also met some seventy-year-olds who are fucking not there. So. so have I. That's what I'm saying. I've I've yeah exactly. All I'm saying, if this guy at ninety-eight could punch out lines, all credit to him. Like, in fairness. Now, I am very interested to watch this Daleks in colour thing and give my review. I have seen the original episodes. Uh, I do believe there's some padding that you could chop down, but they've chopped out, like, 40 minutes, apparently, to get the 75-minute version. So that's a lot of chopping, you know? Mm. But I'm interested in the colourisation of William Hartnell and, you know, Barbara and Ian and stuff. So I'm, I'm down for it, man. And obviously Susan, the granddaughter. Um, I always found Barbara kind of hot. I don't know. He, that's school teacher. <laughs> there it is. Oh, have you seen her? She was quite striking for a, for an early sixties woman. Like you know, she's I think she's quite beautiful. The the actress who played Barbara. Just just my opinion. I'm not gonna lie, Dave. Usually when I'm sitting there watching a movie, um, yeah. I don't think my penis is watching it with me. Oh, look, dude, it's a, it's a, it's more a visual assessment than anything else. You know, okay, it's just a connoisseur of fine art, man. You know, um, I'm just saying. <laughs> I think she's a striking. I think she's a striking woman. Is all I'm saying. Especially for that time period, man. I liked the hairstyle. I, I like what she brought to the table. And yeah, sometimes it's like, um, you know who I used to have a fucking crush on badly? Was, um, who didn't you have a crush No, it was, it's embarrassing. It's actually embarrassing. It's, um, I forget what her name is. It's, it's the mum in Brady Bunch. I, I, I forget. Is it Cheryl? I think it's Cheryl. Uh, I don't I think so, yeah. Cindy, maybe. I'm not sure. But whatever her name is, the mum. I used to think the mum was really hot. Like, even as, like, a 13-year-old, I used to think, the mum's actually kind of nice. Like, I, I always thought she was quite foxy, you know? A am I solo here, man? I, or am I on something here? Am I under something? I'll be honest with you, I don't ever recall having... Oh, man. I used to watch daydreams it. Daydreams about her. I used to watch it, and I used to think, well, the mum's actually all right. Like, you know, I used to find the girls super... The thing was, I found the girls in the Brady Bunch super fucking annoying, you know? Um, but I used to watch a lot of Brady Bunch. I've seen a lot of it. <laughs> uh, okay, now, um, so BBC Doctor Who fans could see the entire back catalogue given a modern overhaul. Showrunner Russell T. Davies says he intends to revisit as many episodes as possible and give them a tech refresh. Okay, I'm down for that. I'm down for colorizations and adding new music and stuff. This is finally a fucking guy who's getting what I want to do to the comic, which you keep saying is a bad idea, of going back and redoing them, adding stuff in and everything. Yeah. All the purists are probably turning in their graves, you know? This is a guy like me. This is a guy like me. He wants to come over and fucking colorize it up and add some extra stuff in and just jerk around with it and fuck around with it all. And yeah, just like you, Dave, another troglodyte. Troglodyte. Well, that's a very objectionable term. Uh, Brian Biggie gave me a big Ghostwriter history lesson, but we're going to save that for next week because he gave us a book to read, Ghostwriter 33, which I'm going to put in Weekly Comics next week. So next week, Brian Biggie at Inner Demons, Legend of the Game, we will do a Ghostwriter history lesson um, when we do the, uh, the issue. George R.R. R. Martin has given yet another update on Winds of Winter. Oh, my God. I feel like Winds of Winter has been going on for about 20 years now. Um, looks like we're waiting a while yet, Rich. Um, he claims to have written a total of 1,100 pages. Jesus. As of the latest counting, which is the same man he gave last year. That's funny. Um, he still has hundreds more pages to go. Like, 
has he thought about like maybe cutting the book in half and like releasing like if it was a thousand and one pages, you could release a six hundred page book and just give it like a, a bit of a cliffhanger ending, and then you could you buy yourself some time. Has he thought of that? Like, why does this book have to be two thousand pages? Like, you know, six hundred pages is a decent. That's a big book. Uh, am I crazy? Well, I here? Honestly, have no idea. I do know that I think. I think his books have gotten thicker and thicker each fucking... Yeah, but if I was his um, editor, I'd, I'd be like, is there a natural... Usually in these kind of books, there are breathing points. You could do a breathing It doesn't matter because either it's going to be unfinished or at some point he's going to die and someone else is going to finish it. So yeah. well, I don't know like, why we speculate. He says, maybe I should start writing smaller books when I began this, but it's tough. That's the main thing that dominates most of my working life. Um, he's still also been... Um, yeah, he's been rewriting, editing, and story planning. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Um, in October of last year, he said he was 75% done. Um, he also told... This is hilarious. He said that there's eight more Game of Thrones spin-offs in development, though only one of them has been officially greenlit. But I have, like, eight other spin-off shows that we're developing. The Duncan Egg Show has been greenlit. Um... This will adapt Martin's novel novellas about Sir Duncan the Tall and King Aeon V. Tangarian 90 years before the events of Game of Thrones. Um, other potential spin-offs include a currently in limbo sequel show about Jon So and a prequel set 10,000 years before the original show called 10,000 Ships. Wow, we're going back 10,000 mm. years. Are there aliens? <laughs> Like yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm glad he's got all this, uh, all, all these uh, side projects, you know, like uh, lined up for right? when he doesn't finish the main book. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, I've got an idea. They already went back a few hundred years um, for the House of the Dragon. You know, they went back a couple of hundred oh, or something. Just realised the other thing that uh, uh, was his name Drizzik, uh popped up, I believe, is uh, Magic: The Gathering. In Drixt, yeah. Well, that would make sense yeah. because he's they're owned by Wizards of the Coast. Yeah. So. There's crossover appeal there. Um, well, just recently is my point. So it's okay. just funny that he's, his name's been popping up recently and then you've gotten the... Um, I've got the legend book. I just think yeah. it's funny how things work out. I'm though. carrying that book around with me. Now when you when you come to my... when you <laughs> they're going to be your Bible? Yeah, I'm gonna, I've got I'm that under one arm and I've got the Superman Encyclopedia or the Batman Encyclopedia, depending on my mood, under the other arm. And it's just like, mm. what, do you, what do you need to know? I can tell you about drinks or I can tell you about Superman and Batman. That's it, you know? That's it. That's all we care about here, you know. Oh, where would you? Oh, do you like drinks? Yes, I do. We'll sit down. Sit down. We've got the dictionary here. We can go through it item by item. Now, um, but what I love is that he did a show like two hundred years before House of the Dragon, which at least has it has that really objectionable moment where that guy's like, "I have a vision that a winter is coming," and blah, blah. and it's like you're telling us the plot of the Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's, like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude. We know we've seen that we've seen the show. We, we we understand that Game of Thrones is coming. Is this all the prequels? I have a vision. A winter is coming, and uh, zombies walk the earth, and blah blah blah. <laughs> it's like fuck. Um, oh but then he's gone. Oh, two hundred years before that was okay. Ten thousand years before. It's like wow. Well, we're really going back in time. Like, are there dragons? Oh, this is before dragons. What are there? Mm, there's ten thousand ships. Um, there's some ships and some nautical adventures. <laughs> it just—it's too much to me. Like, I like in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I—I—I I, I don't mind it, but you have to finish 
your main series because that's the main dish. You know what I mean? Like, not the 10,000 years before prequel or the Sadunk and the Egg, like, whatever the fuck that is. Like, they're side dishes. You need to finish the main book series and then definitely you can, um, you know, spin off all sorts of shit. But I just find it almost... It's not unforgivable, but I, I, I find it bad management because you're, you're, you're leaving the main series um, languishing and that will hurt your overall product. You know, because you'll get reader attrition, you know, from, from yeah. you know, so that, 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 that's more what I'm saying. I'm just looking at it from a point, I, you know, I get, I get it. He's a human being. He's, he's earning a lot of money. He's entitled to whatever the fuck he wants. But you are hurting your brand if you don't, if you just put out like a 600-page book, that would satisfy them for a while. You know, that would, that would feed off that. Like, so I don't know why his editor hasn't said, Have you, can you find a breathing point and we can, we can chop it off and give it 600 or 700 pages and meanwhile you can work on this thing and so we can basically publish it as two books, which is fine. I mean, it's a series. Like, who cares? You know, it all flows on from each other. Um, I don't mm. know why someone hasn't said that to him. Like, it, it seems to make mm. total sense. Um, and relieve the pressure off him because people have been asking about this book for like a decade, so it must get. Everyone's just trying not to upset him or something. Yeah, I don't know. Dave Filoni has been promoted to chief. Okay, before we get to that, it, yeah. I find if I found the one that I was thinking of okay. for, for Drizzard, it's a mobile game called Dragon Air. Dragon Air. Yeah, and it's a mobile game, and he is a character you can recruit and be in your party. Can I ask that's, you a question? Why do you keep calling him Drizzard? His name is Drixt. You keep calling him Drizzard. I don't know. Sorry, I always thought it was D R D R Z Z T. I'm honestly just breaking your balls. I, I, I mispronounced just about everybody's names, so don't worry. Um, what is everybody's? I love it. What is everybody's problem? Drixed. This is an, uh, this is like a, a Reddit item that popped up. You know what is everybody's problem with Drixed? And it's like, well, people love him. You know, like I <laughs> just love him. I just can't help yeah, it. He's going. He's getting a bit of love. I've recently, which is nice. Yeah. You know, he's doing okay for himself. Wow. I hope Bob Salvatore's seeing a lot of money. I bet he is, probably. Ooh. Hey, in that bundle that you bought, you mm. did get the Dungeons & Dragons Dark Sun series, right? Yes, it was included. Yeah. Is that good or bad? No, it's good. It's almost like a, almost like a post-apocalyptic. Okay. Yeah, I never... Dungeons I never... I never... But like dunes and wastelands and yeah, shit all that. Yeah, it has slavers and they've now disowned it. Did you know that? It's got yeah. a big. It's isn't got it, a, isn't it better to own something that's been disowned, isn't it? Awesome. Yeah, no, the, the, it's got a. Uh, I know Dark Sun because recently, um, Wizards of the Coast did a big thing about. Oh, we don't support that anymore. Oh, it's highly, you know, objectionable. Oh, cl- clutching their pearls about it, you know. It's like, yeah, it's also fictional, you know. <laughs> like sort of, here it is, still being sold. Hmm, yeah, weird. But, hey, but, like you didn't actually create a real world where stuff's really happening. It's actually all fictional, like. What about all the evil leeches who are, like, doing all the crazy shit? Like, you know, are you taking responsibility for their, you know, insane genocides and stuff as well? Like, or, you know, is it only very I'm fucking... I'm sure they're not. Dave. I'm sure they're not. Uh, Dave Filoni's been promoted to Chief Creative Officer to oversee all future Star Wars storytelling. Um, in the past, he was brought on board developments once they were already... Projects once they were already in development, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, which he and John Favreau consulted on. Now he'll be there from the very beginning. Are you happy about this, Rich? Does this satisfy you? I don't care anymore. Yeah, you're over it, aren't you, man? Yeah, that's just people coping. 
people being like, oh, no, 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 he, he wasn't, you know, he was just there uh, consulting, but now he's going to be in trouble. It's like, no, he, most of the decisions came from him and Filoni. Like, mm. anything the consultant, I guarantee you, was put in. Like, mm. n- no. Not happy, Rich? No, I don't care. Like, you haven't watched the Sakatana, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, actually, I have uh, oh. watched the first two episodes, and I th- and I will not be watching any more. Oh, dear. one of the worst shows I've ever seen. By the way, can I... <laughs> I just want to point out how bad it is, right? Yeah. It's not even Star Wars related how bad it is. Um, Sabine is fighting um, robots. Yeah. And she's kicking and punching them like they're humans. Yeah. And they are reacting like they're humans. Yeah. Like, she's like, stops on the foot, and, like, and it goes, like, hops on the foot, and then... Yeah, you know, she kicks it in the shin, and it like, and I'm like, it's fucking. Which made me think, I think these were just green skin guys, and they were going to put aliens, mm. and then they decided to put robots for some fucking reason, and now it looks so stupid. Where the robots are actually act reacting like they are human beings feeling pain. Michelle made the same comment actually in that fight scene. Actually, hilariously, she made. The, I I forgot that, but she actually made it's the same just comment. That's garbage, and this is by Filoni. I yeah. just want to point that out. Yeah. People want to say, oh, no, he's here from the beginning. Uh, he's here from the beginning for fucking Ahsoka. Yeah, he And is. it's hot garbage. Yep. Well, I knew he wouldn't be happy, Rich, but anyway. Um, look, I enjoyed Ahsoka Tano. It wasn't the fucking greatest thing of all time, but I enjoyed it. But, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, I, I felt that the Star Wars stuff has been much better than the Marvel stuff, in, in all honesty. I, I found the Star Wars mm. stuff enjoyable. But I'm also, you've got to understand, I'm not as embedded as you. Like, I don't know all the ins and outs of it all. I, I, I know the basics, but I don't have almost any extended universe knowledge. So it all goes over my head a bit. Whereas you're, you're deep in the weeds, man. You know, you, know, you know what he's changing and what he's fucking around with, whereas I don't. You know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't even watched Clone Wars, man. I wouldn't have a clue, you know? Um, yeah, it's it's just not very. It's not a very good show. I'm sorry. Like the dialogue's pretty bad. Uh, ca- characters' decision making is is stupid, and that's the problem. Is I understand that sometimes you write people to make stupid decisions, mm. but the the problem is, is these decisions are meant to be smart. Yeah. Or the people writing them think it's a smart decision, but me, me saying, I'm like, that's so fucking dumb. Why would you do that? Like, yeah. And so that's what's annoying. It's not a it's not a character doing something stupid that they're supposed to be doing something stupid. It's a character who they've written to be smart doing something that just doesn't make any logical sense. Yeah. And the show is full of it. I was like, so I got through about two episodes and I was like, nah, I can't. I can't, I can't yeah. do any more of this. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, dude, I mean, let's face and it. And making Sabine a Jedi, like, force powers, and it's like, wow, I mean... I don't understand why. I mean, she's a Mandalorian. I thought Mandalorians were pretty badass. Did she have um, force powers in the original, in the Clone Wars? No, not in Clone Wars. Uh, not in um, Rebels, no. Oh, really? She didn't? I no. assume she must have. They just decided, Oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's have her have force powers now. Yeah, okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, see, I assume that was a plot thread hanging over from, from Rebels. Nope, Dave Filoni just decided that. Just decided that, yeah, everyone has to be a Jedi, you know? Everyone gets... You get a car, and you get a car. You're a Jedi, and you're a Jedi too. It's like in the... Lightsabers for everyone. It's like in the, um... (laughs) That funny meme where Yoda's like, um... 
you are the last of the Jedi, apart from, and then there's pictures of all the Jedis who yeah. survived the Order. <laughs> it's like... Oh, and now we can add... Um, oh, shit. Uh, what was Ray Stevenson's character's name? Uh, um, Bowl or something like that. Um, we can add him to that list now of people that survived Order 66 too. Who is it? Uh, Skull or whatever his name is. Um, the Ray Stevenson character. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm saying he's another Jedi survivor. Was, so was list- he a full Jedi though? It's just got longer. Was he? Yeah. A, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't mind some of them surviving, but it's just so sort of like it's so funny when you think of the original series and what a big deal they made about it. And I, I mean, but it's just so sad because the um, the legend stuff that they got rid of. Um, the beauty of that was there wasn't that many Jedi that survived. They managed to tell stories. Yeah, interesting, engaging stories without the crutch of um, uh, um, the brothers and the sisters, the Inquisitors, without having all a whole bunch of fucking Jedi survive, um, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Like, it was used very sparingly. But Jesus Christ, man, like, all Disney does is like, oh, we need another character that survived. Oh, we need another Jedi that survived. Oh, we need another... Ca- oh, we got to have lightsabers, so let's just make the Inquisitors. And it's like... That's a crutch, man. Like, yeah. it's a crutch. You're telling me you cannot tell compelling stories well, unless I, you put a lightsaber in someone's hand? Yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think that is... I think they've, like, honestly, I, I think that they've obviously done their research and they've worked out, like, the Jedis are popular, but, like, it's like, if you give everyone a fucking... Like, you didn't need to give... You didn't need to make Sabina Jedi if she wasn't one from... In Rebels. Yeah. I assume she was. I assumed that was a storyline, you know? But you're saying that... Okay, so just... Another issue is like so. Um, what's his name? I'm sorry, I can't remember because I only watched it. Was a Bane and Bell Skull, whatever his fucking name is, a Ray oh. Stevenson character. Oh yeah, so much more impactful this character could be if this was like the first time that we met someone who survived '66. Sure, he was a cool Do character. You know what I mean, yeah, because then you'd be like, oh wow, this guy. Like maybe he was getting delusion beforehand. Mm. You know what I mean? And stopped living Jedi ways, or he saw something in Anakin and he left and mm. took his Padawan with him, or some whatever, whatever, or he found a Padawan and he's teaching her a different way. The Jedi have failed, the Sith of, of, you know, is not the way. He's going to create a new order. God, that, that's so cool. That's so interesting. I've got no issues there. The problem is, is, I'm like, Jesus Christ, another survivor. That's my first reaction because yeah. just everywhere you look, there's fucking survivors from Order 66. Yeah. And now people are like, oh, bring back Mace Windu. And it's like, oh, my God. So we just want more. Everyone survived Order 66. Why don't yeah. we just have that happen? Nobody died. They all knew it was coming, and they and all went into hiding. Guess what? It all. Everyone survived. <laughs> and, where were, and where were all these bastards fucking during the rebellion? Oh, they were absent, man. They yeah. were fucking... They, they, they sat a few plays out, man. They sat a few plays out. They were like, whoa, it's too hard for us. Wow. You That's know. what I'm saying. You keep adding those characters and then you go, but then where, like... Yeah. Well, oh. I, I, you know, one thing that I often think is, is interesting, like, I'm not as down on prequels as, you know, you, I know you, you and Michelle as well will often say, what's the point of this prequel? I know exactly where it's going to end up. And I'm, I, I try to argue, like, oh, but it's a journey. But I also do believe you can, and I say this as a writer, the danger is you can front load your prequels with way too much information so that you sort of make it really jarring if they go to read the first book and the, 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 the first published book. You know what I mean? 
so that if, if you read the mm. prequels first and then you come and read the book that started it all, you're like, wow, this is really... The characters seem really thin. It's like, yeah, because you fattened them the fuck up in prequels and you gave them so much backstory, it's unbelievable, you know? Like, do you, oh, know, yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I don't mind prequels that... Exp- that if, if it's a prequel that explains a law or a universe, but... I didn't really need to know how Anakin fell to the dark side. Right. It was enough for me to know that he did. Yeah. Um, now, how did the Republic form? Okay, that could be interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. How yeah. did the Jedi form? Again, that's something that could be interesting. I don't know how the Jedi formed. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they got... To, you know, they, that's what I'm saying. There could be interesting things that a prequel could do. Yes. But not every character or someone's origin needs to be told. Yeah, I hear that. I hear. Same with John Wick. Do I? I certainly don't want a fucking John Wick uh, origin story. I don't no. need to know how he became a hitman. And it doesn't matter. Trained. It's it, it's irrelevant. All that matters is that he was a fu- the baddest ass fucking hitman, and he got out, and he married, and she died, and then it brought him back into it. That's all I need. I don't need to know how he got trained. Whether he was a fucking orphan from Russia, or whatever. I don't care. No, it's irrelevant. It's 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 the same as um, even though I thought Skyfall was a good movie, um, there was no need to um, there was no need to uh, really give James That's Bond. A travesty. James should never have an origin. Yeah, you you don't need it. It's it's so needless. Yeah, yeah. It was it was so needless. Um, I I don't know what they were what they were thinking and what they were doing. You know. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, anyway, now, th- this is interesting. Um, you brought this to my attention. Scream. They fired the actress who's been the lead in the last two. Um, that young actress, the Hispanic actress, um, Melissa Barbera, uh, was fired due to rhetoric that flagrantly crosses the line to hate speech. She basically put some pro-Palestinian tweets, quite vehement ones in, which I'm also against as well, but, um, she got fired for it, basically. And, um, and then Jenny Ortega... Uh, who the big star from Wednesday, right, Rich? Is that, am I right in saying that? Is that yes? Her? Yeah, she I left, citing so. scheduling conflicts a day later. So they lost two of their big actresses, including the one who's been the lead in the last two movies, and Jenny Ortega, who's definitely got some heat on her. Um, following well, I, from I mean, I'll say this: I think she, if she's claiming that she quit because of like um, scheduling stuff, where they haven't really even announced the movie, it's probably not the best timing for her to do that, because it kind of. Because well, uh, again, I, that's why I should look into it because I didn't have time. Because mm. um, uh, I was working and I just sort of. Well, that's something. what she said. Scheduling conflicts. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, the way I read it was, then they were like, and now so and so has quit the show and all that. And I thought that she did it as like solidarity. Well, she probably did. That's that's scheduling conflicts well, is probably the cover not, story. That's not good either. I mean, again, if if you are solidarity to sort of uh, pro. Yeah, Palestine bullshit. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, terrorist stuff and... and yeah, you know, I, I just, agree. Maybe that's not a good look. Maybe you should have said, like, shit. Right. So let's say it was... Got, I would have just waited. It's, it's like, a divisive yeah. topic, but it's a topic I have my mind fully made up on. So, you know, and I think a lot of people do. But it's one of those divisive things. It's probably a 60-40 or a 70-30 thing. You know, maybe it's actually uh, more... Think, 90-10. Honestly, 90-10. the way I've seen it, it's almost like um, 55-45, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, well, the media is reporting it one way. Who knows? It's hard to know. It's hard to gauge 
what people out there are really thinking because certainly Hollywood's kicking up a stink, you know, which is annoying, you know. Um, who knows? It's a very divisive topic, though, so I don't know why you'd be... Wait, I, but I'll say this, and you and I, we've not really discussed this on the show and all that, and the reason for that is, and I wish these fucking well, celebrities... Well, it's political would, bullshit, man, you know. No, but I wish these celebrities would take this to heart. You should not be commenting on stuff you don't know about, okay? I'm not an expert on that, right? Mm. I, I know of stuff that I've heard, but I don't know the ins and the outs, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I, I've not, I'm not super invested in the history and what's going on and all that, so mm. I'm not going to form any opinions and put it out there, right? I, I've got my um, opinions, and, I've, and I, am, but I know a lot about form it. Form opinions yeah. and put it out there. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to, because the problem is, especially now, we're in a world where it's left or right, okay? Yeah. It's black or it's white. It's... Yeah. Sure. There's there's no middle there's no middle ground anymore. They're the with or against. Sure. It's that simple. So just shut up. Right? Yep. You're not a geopolitical expert. Yeah. You're a fucking actress or an actor or a musician, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You ain't some some you know, Middle Eastern yeah. uh, expert. Just shut up. Yeah. And just I agree. carry yeah. on and, and entertain and have fun, which is what we do. I'm not like I if I know, if I can know that, I don't understand how they cannot know that. Like, we're, we're also not going to solve the Middle East problem on a podcast. But that's my point. Know, but like, why do you do that? Like, like you know, really, you shouldn't. It's a very divisive topic, and it's a very complex if problem. It's want you to take a stand. You say, guys, like, I'm sorry, but it's too big. It's bigger than me. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not here. I don't have any insights. I don't have any grand fucking shit. Like, mm. it's bigger than me. It's bigger than all of us. Mm. Let the experts handle it. That would be my comment, whether I believed it or not. That would be my comment because just get on with your life, man. Leave it like yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting. But again, it, we, it, this has always been the celebrities' problem: is that they think that they are the arbiters. Well, on, on topics such as this, say something on everything. On a topic such as this, like also, it's so in play at the moment. It's so divisive. Um, shit's happening on a day to day basis. Like you're not gonna add anything to it. Like by, in my opinion, but doing what she yeah. did doesn't also, add. You, no one has all the information. It's as you say, it's happening right now. It's happening and day by day. She's retweeting means... propaganda as well. Like you know, so it's oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, you know. I just I don't know. They're I, not smart. They? I, they're no, just they're not. not no, no. There's there's an element of stupidity and naivety about the whole thing, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I look honestly. I think a younger me would probably blow up her a lot more for it, whereas I'm just now, I'm just like, one more idiot, you know, one more fucking clown, you know, and it's like, whatever, you know. <laughs> one more uh, log for the pyre. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, now, our final news item, um, Sea Court releases a book of essays about Moon Knight titled Waxing and Waning. The guy who edited this, Scott Weatherly, um, I've been on his podcast a couple of times. He's a UK guy, lovely guy. Um, I've been mm. on his podcast a couple of times with Ray discussing Predator and I believe Judge Dredd. Um, and he, it's a book of essays about Moon Knight, including interviews with Bill Sienkiewicz and Chuck Dixon. Um, it's got essays by a lot of Moon Knight um, sort of scholars and people who've written Moon Knight and stuff. So it, it's an interesting book. I'm going to get Scott on the show because um, I've been on his show a couple of times. And he said, you know, I reached out to him and said, Scott, I'm so awesome you've done this. And he said... He sort of said, you know, do you want to, can I come on? I said, yes, more than welcome. So in the very near future, we will have Scott on. 
Um, and yeah, we can talk to him. Rich, a lovely guy, lovely guy, and he's you know he's a, he 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 has a long running podcast, Twentieth Century Geek. Uh, is another the podcast, mm-hmm. and, and I've been on a couple of times over the years. Like, you know, he's been going for years. So while while I've been doing this, I've been on a couple of times because, you know, I like to moonlight, Rich, you know. Um, you are a moon. Yeah, so, and isn't that appropriate, moonlighting for Moon Knight, you know? <laughs> 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 Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Uh, first one up, Dungeon Dragons, uh, Saturday Morning Adventures. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was good, solid fun. I was actually really glad that I picked this for the show. Um, this has been in my to-read list for weeks, and I was interested to see what you thought. It's obviously a continuation of the Dungeons & Dragons cartoon. Yeah, I mean, pretty basic but fun. Uh, yeah. Very very Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Um, very kid-friendly. Um, Definitely. Art was actually fucking decent for a change. Sure. Um, actually sort of fit the fit it very well the 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 story and the and they did this the with gi joe uh i think they, they they did it with tmnt they did it with the turtles and i think there's an ongoing now or at least a mini series of this yeah there was uh, yeah i think there's been like seven or eight issues or something yeah i wouldn't mind doing that as a trade at some point you know like why not a bit of a change of pace um light read but uh, i mean i give this 7.5 i thought this was good fun um, really, honestly, I, you know, like, when you think of some of the crap that we read, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so that, yeah, that's very true. Like, you know, like, this is the thing, like, you can be whimsical and have fun, and it can be a really good comic. A lot of comics were like that in the day, you know? No, but this is really good because, one, no one was being fucking schnarky. Yeah. You know, there wasn't, like, um... All the characters were fun. Um, they felt genuine. They felt like the characters from the cartoon too. You know, yeah. like um, yeah, I didn't feel like any character was um, like wildly uh, represented incorrectly. Like I felt they were all pretty yeah spot on for the from the comics and all that. And um, yeah, again, I mean, I mean, it's not much to say again because it's just. You know, it's it, it, it is just like a basic Saturday morning cartoon story. You know, mm. they um, the kids a bit like uh, weepy because you know they never got summer vacation, whatever, because they've been mm. fucking trapped in this world. Bobby the Barbarian. Um, yeah, Dungeon Master says, "Yeah, go to the lake over here. It can be like a little break." And but don't cross and over. Don't cross <laughs> over and crap. Of course they do, and then yeah. they free the dragon and. And stuff and all that. It felt exactly any like like any story you would get out of a Saturday morning cartoon. Okay, I've done my research while you're talking. There's been there was a four issue, basically mini series, Dungeons and Dragons Saturday morning adventures. So there was a four issue mini series. So I think we could do that at some point in the near future. You know, mm-hmm. little, little four issue series would be a nice one to do. And then this one came out after that. So yeah, well, I think we definitely do that. And we might even do an episode review of one of the episodes. You know, we might pick a one of the best episodes and do a review of it, you know? 20 minutes, sure. why not? Um, I'm giving the 7.5 out of 10. What are you giving it, Rich? Yeah, 7 out of 10. Um, then we had Michael Kellersham recommended Forgotten Realms Annual 1, um, obviously by Jeff Grubb. Um, he explained it's just a fun meet-up between the Realms characters and the AD&D characters. I enjoyed it, but there was a lot of moving pieces that I was not 100% mm. aware of what was going on. Um, I think this would have meant more if I'd read everything, you know? I I was struggling to know who was who, 
kind of thing. Um, but I did. Um, I liked no, it. I, mean, I, I recognize all the characters from the first um, trade that we read. Sure. Uh, the Paladin, the, uh, uh, what's it, Cleric. Um, yeah, there was a lot going on, man. There was a lot going on, dude. So the, the characters that they introduced was the his sister, yeah, the dwarf, that other chick that seems to know the the samurai chick, like the the Japanese chick. Um, yeah, look, it's 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 one of those like heist gone wrong type of yeah things. Um, also felt a little bit Saturday morning cartoon, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. No. Um, in fact, I actually kind of read um, a little bit more after that. Um, right. That's that the the story after it looks very interesting as well. Okay. Um, again, enjoyable. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I, I followed it right from the the trade that we last read a while back, so um, it was all good. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you. You. I mean, I'm giving it a seven, and I did like it, and I love going to Waterdeep. I love Waterdeep, man. Always have. You know, in in the realms, man. In my imagination, I'll be honest yeah, with you. You know, the my realms. only gripe, mm. if I have a gripe oh. with a, a lot of these older fantasy books, is sure. sometimes they feel a bit too superhero-y, yeah. um, drawn. Like you can obviously tell that the person drawing uh, obviously draws maybe more superhero, yeah, books because sometimes just it doesn't. Um, uh, I just wish it felt a little bit more fantasy, like. Sure. Um, I mean, like, I, I, uh, I find them they, they remind me, and I made this comment. They it's very Renaissance fair. It's kind of like a medieval mm, times at a mm. medieval fair. I always find, you know. Sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty pretty apt. Thank you. I mean, it's not uh, my first barbecue. You know. Description. It's not my first barbecue. Um, seven out of ten, Rich. What are you giving it? Yeah. It's, again, another seven out of ten. Pretty seven solid. Out of ten. Then we had Judge Red Magazine. I said, um, focus on what interests you. The only thing that interested me in this fucking magazine oh. was the first story with the guy who yeah. gets beat up. I was going to say, bro, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't actually remember all well, the shit I read. I, well, can I, <laughs> can I be honest? I, I mean, honestly, this me- like I used to buy the magazine, and I've, and I've read recent magazines that have been good. This magazine had so much fucking filler. Jesus Christ. It was like a triple album by some seventies band that has one album just yeah. of them just jamming. Yeah, the only thing I remember was the yeah the Judge Dredd beating up that guy who <laughs> actually gets paid to get beaten up by Judge. But that was a good story. But you shouldn't be yeah. paying whatever the magazine costs. I guarantee you, it costs in Australian close to ten bucks. You know, I guarantee you, it's something around that number. Now, this magazine had just so much shit, like just crap. In it, like stuff that nobody who's a 2000D fan cares about, like written pieces about old comics from yesteryear. Like it was, it really felt like this was kind of like the reject pile of of just stuff that wasn't good enough for the main comic, and they just dumped it in here and padded. I felt I, I was I was offended for people who buy this magazine. I was like, man, the magazine's gone downhill. You know, the only good thing in this. I didn't read the Road Trooper story because I was so burnt out. Did you read the Road Trooper story? I should have read that. I actually forgot uh, to. Yeah, I did. It, um, Any good? Any good? Nothing really happens in it. Great. Yeah. The Judge Red one at the start was was fine. I was enjoying it. I was like, oh, sweet. 
Like, why did they make the Judge Red magazine have a lot more Judge Red in it? That would be my first fucking comment. <laughs> you know, like, like, why not? Like, why, why are we sort of like? It's almost so that like, was the only story that felt fun. Um, yeah. um, I struggled through I think the other one. Got to remember, like, Judge Red also needs to be a bit funny. Yeah, sometimes. Um, yeah, he's serious, right? And and but sometimes just it needs to be like. Like this one, a bit wacky, where yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it's pretty serious. But then at the end, you find out There's that he's just ending. a paid, yeah. he's he's a not a paid like informant. He's a paid uh, stooge, yeah, who has to run from a judge and get the crap beat out of him, and then quote unquote taken away in a paddy wagon. Like that, I thought it was pretty funny and and pretty two thousand AD funny. Like you yeah. know what I mean? Like I, it just didn't have much of that in the in this. Um, I would say it had none of that in the rest of it, man. Mean, I mean, what about the bit where they're just discussing stuff that's nothing to do with Judge Dredd? I was like, what the fuck does this have to do with Judge Dredd? Like, and, and, and Mega City 1. Zero? Um, this felt... Was the other one, there was one where he gives the chick a promotion or something. She's fucking badass, awesome. Um, but I'm talking about the text piece. There was this big history... I don't, I, I don't even read that, man. I was, well, I, I, I glazed. I started reading and I was just like, oh, I'm moving on. I, I actually forgot about it. That's what I said. I've actually forgotten about most of the crap uh -oh. I've read in that book. Yeah, well, I, I'm glad that I made the comment, read what interests you, focus what interests you, because the only thing that interested me in this, and I meant to read Rogue Trooper, and I feel bad for not reading it, but like it sounds like, because I love Rogue Trooper. Much. Again, Ott was great, but yeah. you didn't really miss much in the story. And what a shame, because back in the day, Rogue Trooper you could rely on, man. Yeah, great story again and again. You know, often, often, almost like a one-shot or a two-parter, like eight, nine pages. Rogue trooper, gunner, helm, bagman. It was brilliance. You know, mm. um, this was just like, no, thank you. Um, Two thousand, um, sorry, Judge Red Magazine. Get your fucking house in order, please. Give us less bullshit and more Judge Red. That's my, that's my recommendation. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this. I'm giving this a 5 out of 10, and I feel it's only loyalty to Judge Red that's baking it above a 5, or a 5. I don't actually think this is deserving of a 5, you know? Well, I was, I'm giving it a 4. Yeah. Ah, look. I, I just can't do it to Judge Red to go lower than 5, but my heart, you know, is, is guiding me to 5, but my head's saying 4, you know, really. <laughs> um, and I, then I tell you what, you, you thought that was bad. What if Dark Tomb and Dracula won? This was mediocre disjointed, and above all else, extremely boring. And if this is what Marv Wolfman does on Blade, no thank you. I was struggling through this. I thought this was going to be, you know me, you know how I think things are going to be so great, Rich? You know how I thought, oh, this is going to mm -hmm. be so great. I'm looking so forward to I was looking forward to reading this. As I started reading it, I was like, man, what the fuck's going on? And it just got deeper and deeper. I was like, this is terrible. I actually thought this was a terrible comic. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't actually also understand the point of it. Because I, what like, if, I understand yeah. that what if is supposed to be like, what if this happened, but... Yeah, what if? What it if? still felt like normal Blade to me. I mean, other than, like, he dies at the end, but I'm like... Yeah. Um, it, But I don't feel like... Well, yeah, I thought that... I don't, I, don't, I don't see the point of this what if, is what I'm trying to say. Like, Yeah, but, but like, to me, a proper what if, from my memory... There's usually repercussions and they play it out a bit more, whereas this was just kind of more like... It was like they were determined not to make Blade a bad guy, even though he'd been 
I was also confused. Like, if Blade's turning into a vampire, isn't he already vampiric? I thought. I don't know. I I I, I, I get... think that I don't know. I think the bite was to make him fully like okay yeah. take over his human side. I don't know. Like, what about the part where he killed the girl? Why do you do that? That's what I didn't understand. That wasn't really followed so, up on. He didn't kill her. Remember, he said we could be together forever. So I don't know. maybe he turned her. He turned her, but then he sacrificed himself. Uh, again, I don't know. It's not a very good. What I mean, if that's... I'm giving so this. What's coming back to is it's not a very good what if. It's not great. It's Marvel Wolfman's not his finest day at the crease. Uh, I'm giving this a four. And I, actually, I feel, like... you, I feel I feel a bit bad because at least with. Um, DC's Elseworlds. Mm. Uh, people could come up with ideas, I think. They could pitch ideas. Yeah. I think the problem with the what if, because it was kind of like an ongoing mm. thing, they just had to pump out what ifs. Yeah. Um, and obviously they start, you start with like the big ones, but then you still need content. <laughs> you yeah. still need more issues. Yeah. And I think they were just like, listen, just fucking bang something crank out, it, do it, crank it, crank do, it, play, do this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And this I, was, yeah, this can... is from now, dude. This was new. Is this new? Yeah, this is now. This this came out, like, last week. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even realize. I thought we were yeah. just reading an old what if. No, no, ah. they, they've started ah. doing them again. They've, they... oh, that's even that's even worse. Okay, I'll take back everything I said. This is yeah, like, in the last horrendous. year, they've done quite a few what ifs, like, yeah, they did. Oh, they, yeah. I'll be honest with you, I didn't even know that we're doing the what ifs again. Yeah, I, and I the reason I did this one because I thought it looked interesting. I thought it had a good cover. The art was okay. I will say that the art was all right. You know, I will say that. Uh, it was okay. Mm. What are you giving it? I'm giving it four. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was giving it two sevens and two fours. I feel it's lucky to get four. It was that bad, you know. Like it's lucky that I'm in a good mood. Now our trade of the week. I could be I could be talked down to three. Yeah, fuck it. Let's give it three. Fuck it. Three. Yeah, it was shit. Three. Fuck it. Because four's almost a pass, whereas three's like you're fucked. You're pathetic. You know, thirty <laughs> percent. You fucked. Um, okay. Now our trade of the week was my pick: Sergeant Rock versus Army of the Dead. Uh, Bruce Campbell, Hollywood's Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead, Spider Man, the cameos, doing the writing duties. Eduardo Risso. Uh, from 100 Bullets fame um, on art duties. Essentially, it's just a... I, I thought it was going to be the um, the Deadites. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Like, I, I, that's what I thought it was going to be because Bruce Campbell was writing it. Um, but it turns out it was better than that. It was full-on zombies who were regenerated by Hitler and his doctor to come back. But they're not full... Well, they're zombies, but they can talk and stuff and they've got a little bit of brain left. Um, Again, Sergeant Rock and Easy Company, who I love, I thought this was so much better than I expected. And actually, I don't think I realised Eduardo Risso was on art. Who I, I love his artwork. Um, I know him from 100 Bullets, where I love his art. And it was just beautiful to see him here with so many issues to work with. And Sergeant Rock, I thought he did a great job. Um, the story was slight, but still worked it was it was it was workmanlike and i felt like bruce campbell did a pretty good job he didn't overwrite um i mean the guy's you know he's an actor I don't, i'm not aware of how much he's written i thought he did a good job and definitely eduardo risso helps a lot in this what did you think rich of this one uh, i'm a little bit more critical um oh, oh what happened again i don't have 
I don't have an issue with the premise. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with the art. You like the art, Eduardo Russo? Um, I do. I love it's, it. It's it's good. It's a it's a bit of a cartoony horror, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, probably suits um, Campbell's um, sense of humor, probably. Sure. Yeah, um, a bit more. My only issue is that I just didn't find the story interesting. Um, yeah. It was a bit. It was like I felt like it was a two-issue story that got really spread to to six. Um, I mean, I think for almost two issues, they're just tailing the Doctor. Mm. Um, and then they find it, and then all of a sudden we're back, and now they're on a plane flying back to where they just went with, like, the army and then fighting him. And I was like, I don't know, man. I kind of feel like it's someone had an interesting idea. Mm. But they didn't really have an execution. Like Yeah. So I, I didn't just mind don't it. Think I the thought the story it was, was interesting. It reminded me of those World but War Two no, movies. No one died, by the way. What was like, that? No one in Easy Company died. No. So you're going up against zombies and <laughs> there was very little deaths and like shit in a zombie um like I can't I'm even trying to think of even someone getting eaten or bitten. Um, yeah. and it didn't even happen I'll be honest with you I just as a zombie army fucking story I just felt it lacking man. I, I just, can I be honest though I, I look I loved it honestly I'm buying the hardcover um, it reminded me of those World War 2 movies or shows that took their time you know and there was a mission but it was like watching Where Eagles Dare it, you know the mission takes time and unfolds um, there was yeah, a lot I, of... I don't know. I feel like this should have been more like... Okay, the Germans are on the back foot. Yeah. All of a sudden, they've got a zombie army. Sure. The Allied forces are on the back foot. Yeah. It's become almost like... The, the war fronts become almost apocalyptic. Yeah. People are huddling in bunkers and dilapidated buildings and destroyed buildings trying to hide from zombies and shit. Yeah. And Easy Company gets tasked with getting behind enemy lines... Mm. to take out Hitler and the scientists and all this sort of shit or, or figure out, you know, how they're making them and how can they be destroyed. Along the way, you know, some of the easy companies get bitten and died and, you know, some yeah, shoot but, themselves go, hey, shoot me before I turn, all that sort of shit. Sort of, and you wanted they, more of a, um, uh, kind of like an alternate... An actual zombie, you know, um, storyline, yeah. Yeah, but like an enclosed, like, so, because you're right. Like, I thought at one point Sergeant Rock was going to die, but he didn't. And, yeah, everyone was... I did... Yeah, I felt that as well. I was like, wow, everyone's kind of safe. Everyone made yeah. it. Yeah. No, literally no one died that I can think of. <laughs> yeah, and, and... I mean, other than the bad guys, I mean... And I that surely is editorial, who said to Bruce Campbell... Because I thought Bruce Campbell, he's got this book. I mean, they don't do a lot of Sergeant Rock. It's not this like... Isn't, this, but this isn't canon... No, but they treated it like it was, with no one dying. That's what I, th- I mean. Yeah, but that's yeah. like, why did you do that? It's not canon. I agree. You, you can, yeah. and I don't mean it's nasty, but it's not like, like Easy Company in this his book had like, like standout fucking personality characters. That dozer. He's one, role. that's fine. He can survive, but you've got, I can see another 20 guys there. <laughs> they can't be canon for a zombie fodder. Oh, yeah, but like, yeah, I look, I agree with you. I thought 
when I picked it, well, firstly, I thought they were going to be fighting Deadites, so that was my first mistake, and I was glad they weren't, because it made it less gimmicky. But then I assumed, like you're saying, look, no one's taking this as canon. Like, dude, no one does anything with Easy Company these days. For some reason, they just, Sergeant Rock, they just never use. Um, so I assumed he would have free reign to kill whoever, even including Sergeant Rock, because what does it matter? Like, he's, he's come in to tell one big story, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but at the end, he sets it up for a sequel after the war, and I was just like, okay, like, all right. Yeah, Sergeant Rock is like in charge of, like, super narrow, uh, you know, paranormal investigation. Yeah, because that, that, that's what Sergeant Rock's always been about, isn't oh, it? Like, what's the, what's the, what does Hellboy belong to? Yeah, like, suddenly Sergeant Rock's like, the funny part was when they showed it to Sergeant Rock, he didn't even know what the word meant. He was like, what does that mean? <laughs> but, like, Sergeant Rock is designed for one reason. It's basically to fight Nazis in the war. That's where he's at his best. You know, like, you know, whether it's fighting in, in Italy, you know, in D-Days, and wherever, probably, I'm sure there's some Sergeant Rock in the, you know, Japanese theatre. But essentially, he's a World War Two guy. Uh, from at least what I've seen of Sergeant Rock over the years, and I love, I love Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. That they're at their best. Like, how many times has Sergeant Rock been in the Battle of the Bulge? A lot. You know, <laughs> he's done a lot of fighting up and down Italy, Germany. This was cool. Um, I agree. Probably, if it had had a couple of deaths in it of Easy Company, I think it would have been a bit more impactful but overall I, I i still really enjoyed it like i i genuinely thought this was actually a really good read and um a lot better than i expected you know and eduardo riso um have you read 100 bullets rich or any of it yeah we've read it on the show okay well then you're familiar with his artwork i, I um i'm a big fan of his art i love his art i, I actually think he's a beautiful artist and really good storyteller and i think he Bruce Campbell did a good job writing. I'm sure he had a helper because it seemed to be quite professionally done. But Eduardo Risso really shone on these pages. I mean, there's a lot of good pages of Sergeant Rock, you know. Um, Sergeant Rock's such a badass in this when he goes after Hitler and stuff and, like, his hair's burning and everything. It's, like, awesome. He actually kills Hitler. Spoilers. But it's pretty funny. I like the scene where, um, where like, Eva Brown comes out. Like, she's all like a witch. <laughs> <laughs> she's like crazy I don't know I, I really enjoyed it I, I thought this was I want more Sergeant Rock to be honest I, I really do I want more Sergeant Rock I don't know why we don't have more World War 2 comics you know maybe because kids said I don't care but I don't know I think it's cool and it was also nice to see Nazis being Nazis and swastikas getting blown up and stuff like we weren't shying away from the fact we are fighting the Nazis you know yeah, again, uh, I mean... Yeah. You're not as hot on as me, are you, man? No, I mean, look, let's be honest. I mean, I've had, what, fucking 40 years of people fighting Nazis. It's not like some fucking new cool thing or something like that. Sure. And when you do something cool like the zombie stuff and all that, I just don't feel like you nailed the execution. Like, I just... Okay. I so, feel, again, I think the the premise was more interesting than the execution. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, look, so we're split. I'm buying the hardcover. Rich is definitely, I think, not buying the hardcover. Um, I will qualify this by saying I am a passionate Sergeant Rock supporter who wants the omnibuses out badly. Um, Chuck I don't Dick- know the actual Sergeant Rock stuff is awesome. Yeah, the original classic stuff. Like, it's great. Like, 
We want that. But I, but also, I want to say, I think Bruce Campbell did a pretty workmanlike good job here. I, I know you're talking him down. I'm just saying, as an actor coming in, I thought he did a decent job. You know, could have been Again, more, I more. don't have any issues with the writing. I don't have any issues with the dialogue. Mm. I just have an issue with the execution of the idea of yeah of the story. I just feel like more could have been done with it. Yeah, fair enough, man. What are you giving it out of 10, Rich? I've got a score in my head. It's a six. I'm giving it an 8.5. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I actually had a good time. I, 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 you could tell I was enjoying it. I was like, I'm, I'm excited to be alive. I need this. I think partly I'm just so excited that Sergeant Rock's back as well, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> again, yeah, 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 again, I can, I can see that. Yeah, I can. I just, I just remember being a young kid. And the DC War Comics were in their dying days, but they were still there on the on the newsstand. You know what I mean? As a little kid, I remember them like being there, and you pick them up, and like they're always fighting in that World War Two and the big one. And I was, I was like, man, this battle just rages on, <laughs> the never-ending war. And only a few years later, they were gone. You know, like it was that final, the early eighties. I was only a young guy, but I I was checking the stands, and I remember it was like Spider Man. And I, I always, there was always, and it's just like in later in the 80s, I remember Savage sort of Conan magazines being on the shelf. So Conan was always there. There was a few different variants to superhero comics, and the war comics were definitely their own thing, you know? And mm-hmm. um, my, my dad had some war comics and stuff, and I, I used to love them. I used to really get into it, man. You know, a little too into it, some people might say, you know? I was, I was, some but, people might say. But like all kids, you know, we were always, I don't know about you in South Africa, but it, we were always playing war games, man, you know? And I remember as a young guy, it was always World War Two for some reason. Probably because that was the, a lot of the media was World War Two. And then after um, we saw Rambo, it switched to Vietnam. You know, mm. after we saw Rambo: First Blood Part Two, everyone was fighting in Vietnam. All of a sudden, you know, we were just deep, <laughs> deep in the fucking jungle, man. It's crazy times. But Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. Where the fuck is a movie, dude? Where the fuck is a movie for those guys? You know. And, and and also, when you do the movie, don't make it zombies. I want a proper World War Two movie with Sergeant Rock and Easy Company. You know? Uh, again, I prefer... You prefer what? Rich, we've lost you. Uh, so I said I prefer a TV show. Oh, yeah, I'd take a TV show as well. Yeah, why not? Why not? Like a war could be much better suited for a TV show than a, a one-off movie. You know what? I, I'm reversing my initial comment. I agree with Rich. TV show. We want a TV show. We want a TV show. I hope when Hollywood listens to this, they don't focus on my movie request. They focus on the TV request. You know? <laughs> Seriously. When the fucking product testers... Sure they will, Dave. They report back. They, they say, Dave and Rich are saying they want a TV show as Sergeant Rocket Easy Company. And if it's a TV show, I'm open to a zombie episode. There you go. But mostly I want the fighting. Because <laughs> think about Sergeant Rock that I remember yeah, is he was what you wish for, Dave. What I remember is Sergeant Rock, he was everywhere in Europe. Did he ever go surely there were Sergeant Rock adventures in like the East as well, surely. Fighting in the Pacific Theatre at times. But from my memory there was a lot of stuff in Italy. And I'm sure was Sergeant Rock a D Day? Let's let's go to the internet. Was Sergeant Rock surely he stormed the beaches, don't you think, Rich? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely on the European front. Yeah. Was Sergeant Rock at D-Day? This is gonna, I'm going to be impressed if, if um, Google knows the answer to this. 
with Sergeant Rocket D-Day. One of the few surviving heroes of D-Day's history. I'm like, that wasn't Sergeant Rock. I don't know, man. There's not... Oh, no, Sergeant Rock on D-Day, among other tales. Yeah, okay. Um, Joe Kubert came back to Sergeant Rock briefly, working with writer Paul Levitz to tell the story of what Sergeant Rock was doing on D-Day. How about next episode, I find that out, for that issue out, and we do that on Weekly Comics. I'll I'll get the issue, because I've got all the Sergeant Rock issues, dude, digitally. All right? Mm -hmm. And if I can, I'll find that one. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find out what Sergeant Rock was doing on D-Day. I imagine he was doing one thing, killing a lot of Nazis. I was going to say, he was storming the beaches. Storming the beaches. Maybe he was behind enemy lines. I mean, there's still, like, I'm going to make a comment right now. I'm going to make a serious fucking comment. He's in my top ten. He's fucking blasting in my top ten, Sergeant Rock. He's close to number one. Seriously. Frank Castle's looking over his shoulder going, whoa, fuck. Rock's climbing. You know? <laughs> Rock's fucking climbing. Man, I'm trapped in fantasy land and Rock's climbing. Judge Red's just watching him, just stony faced. You know? You better not think about taking my position, pal. Yeah. Creep. You better think twice, buddy. Have you noticed in my top, the top list, there's a lot of tough guys? Sergeant Rock. He's got a bit of humour, Sergeant Rock. Joe Dredd, almost zero humour. Frank Castle, sometimes maybe some very dark humour, but not much. You know, men a few words. It's pretty imposing. Pretty imposing. Yeah, you love your, your men a few words. I do. There's a lot of machismo there, isn't there? All right. Um, I'd yeah. much rather have a man a few words than the fucking snarky Josh Whedon yeah. rubbish we have today. <laughs> How high do you think Rock will climb in my list? Do you think he's going to fade out, man, or is he going to stay around? He's, he's better to burn out than to fade away. He's making a charge. He's made, like he's storming the be- the beaches, man. He's storming some beaches. <laughs> he's not scared. God, I've not heard. I've not thought about that line in such a long time. Oh, really? Um, better to burn out than to fade away. Yeah, that's Neil Young, man. Neil mm. Young. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know who I'm quoting as saying it. Who? Um, Macho Man. No. Uh, it's the um, the with the Kaiser dude from uh, Highlander. Oh yeah, the evil when guy. The church and he goes, "It's better to burn out than to fade away." <laughs> Done by Clancy Brown. It, well, I was going to say, yeah, I was actually thinking of the actor. I was like, yeah, it's Clancy Brown. What a great actor he is. Um, all right, well, this has been a very fun show. Um, it's been fun doing it on a, on a Sunday for once, but we're back to our normal Friday routine as of this week. Um, Rich, did you say you had the comic that we were doing? Didn't you announce it at some point during the show? Yeah, yeah, well, it's going to be a... Uh, well, we'll just do volume, uh, Pathfinder Volume 1. Okay, cool. Which I believe... Let me look it up because I was looking at it uh, earlier in the show. And I'm telling you, we're not doing any Judge Red magazine for a while because that magazine is <laughs> mega disappointing. Like, um, Yeah, uh, Volume 1, Dark Waters Rising. I okay. came out in 2013. Cool. Pathfinder, Volume 1, Dark, Dark Instead of Judgment Magazine, they should call it Random Stuff Magazine, because that's what it felt like. It was just like one dread story, then a lot of random yeah. shit. Just, just call it Lamozine. Yeah, Lamozine. Like, hey, you like Judge Red? Well, you're not going to get much of him in this magazine that goes for a massive amount of pages. Like, that doesn't need to. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, Forrest were lost here. Um, all right. Now, obviously... 
thank you to all the listeners. If you want to support the show, um, patreon.com slash Doom. Please, it all goes towards show running costs. Anything you contribute is much appreciated. Next week, uh, by Friday, hopefully, we will have both seen Napoleon, Rich. Do you think that's on the cards for you? Uh, yeah, again, we definitely want to go see it next, okay. uh, next week. So. Okay, cool. Um, I also want to say it. Now, I will have a Daleks in Colour um, review as well because um, I'm looking forward to watching that. And, yeah, just in general, we're just excited to be alive, basically, aren't we, Rich? And we're proud members of the collective. Um, you've got, like, Ghost Spider Groupies. You've got um, Scarlet Spider. You've got Capes and Lunatics podcast. You've got Into the Night. You've got Last Sons of Krypton. I'm just naming names. Fucking classics. In a Deems with Brian Biggie. A lot of geniuses out there, guys and gals, doing the work of, I would say, the Lord, but I would say more of the Dark One. Um, the work of the Dark One. <laughs> Weaving a web, man. Someone said, thanked me. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, Brian Lazaro thanked me for promoting um, his um, nothing but G.I. Joe stories, um, you know, fan fiction stuff, which is a lot of fun. And he said, thank you so much, Dave. I said, all I ask is you're sold at the crossroads at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's like, oh, you didn't tell me that before. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I do the ghostwriter. Oh, thank you. That'll do nicely. <laughs> All right. I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. We absolutely killed it that episode. Always do, buddy.